Hi. Hi. My name's Xavier. I'm Allison, and this is Housewives Theory. Welcome back. Another week, another season of Housewives. A great season. So good. For those of you who are just joining us for the first time, this is a podcast that really is actually just a safe space for Housewives fanatics. Mm-hmm. I'm talking mm-hmm. the people who can quote things that nobody remembers. Here is how I want you to think of this, okay? Okay. 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 You're at a party. You see this girl across the room. Her boyfriend is being an asshole to her. Ugh. You feel bad. You're like, I can't say anything to her. I don't know this person. I'm at some random person's party. I want to go home. Ashley Darby, you don't need him. You walk over. She's tearing up. She's tearing up. Don't make me laugh with Ashley Darby. <laughs> She's tearing up. Sorry. And you look at her and you say, he will never emotionally fulfill you. <gasps> know that. And- <laughs> Her tears go away. She smiles and she realizes, I have just found a friend, but not any friend, a housewife friend. Did I step on your punchline? (laughs) It's okay. It's really okay. It's really okay. So yeah, just think of us as that friend who will go over and pull you out from whatever terrible, terrible things are happening to you this week. Mm. Maybe it's a good week and this is just another good thing. But either way, we're your friends. This is a safe space to geek out on all things housewives. And yeah, buckle up, because this is one hell of a season. <laughs> Seriously. For us, Real Housewives is not a guilty pleasure. It's getting asked to be on Playboy's 40th anniversary cover. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> was it the cover? What was the 40th? It, it was a lot of weird things. It, was like, it wasn't the 40th of the magazine. It was the 40th of like the bunny costume or the ears or something. And it, I don't think it ultimately was the cover. I don't know. It took years off my life. I can tell you that much. It took 40 years <laughs> off my life, and I'm not even 40 yet. <laughs> As most of you know, Alice and I are television writers in Los Angeles. So when we talk about these women, we talk about them like they are characters. Yes, they are real people, but to us, they are characters who have arcs and positives and negatives and peaks and valleys. And we're here to break down the full tea. All of it. Yes. So shall we get started? Let's do it. This week's episode is covering Real Housewives of New York season three. (laughs) (laughs) With... Allison is. I am frothing. She's, she's literally. Let's <laughs> finish what you're saying. She's literally dribbling. My God, what she's a week a, this is. I'm blushing. She's in her sports era. <laughs> Never. <laughs> this season aired from March 4th, 2010 to June 24th, 2010. Oh my goodness. What a season. What season, a season three. Like. I, in like rewatching, like obviously I knew revisiting it, there was a lot that was going to happen. But in rewatching, I was like, oh my goodness, this season has this and this and this and this moment and this moment and Luann is singing and like, what is it? Like it had everything. Right. Where was the Emmy for the editors is my question because I mean, look, I'm going to say something that is going to upset you, oh. but here's how I was feeling about this. Okay. Okay. Starting off strong before taglines. Terrified. If housewives, the real housewives were the Bible, then Roni season three is the book of Genesis. This starts everything. This sets the bar for everything. Every single show after this, every franchise was trying to copy season three of Roni because it was just so damn good. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. A bold statement. I stand by it. I appreciate that. And I do not disagree I don't know that I fully agree. It's so hard because I feel like there are different elements from different shows and seasons that create the genesis. Absolutely. Like, for instance, we talked about last week, OC season five, like the first vow renewal. Like, so there are pieces that are all around, like the the triangle that was Vicky, Tamara, and Simon and that friendship. So, like, there were pieces there that I think set the stage for this. So, to say that this is the genesis... 
To me, it is. I think it's the genesis of a friendship breakup. Okay. I Do you not think so? Yes, but it's so much more than that to Oh my me. gosh, of course. Well, to you, because New York is your favorite. Yeah, well, and Potomac, yes. <laughs> neck and neck, some might say. <laughs> okay, should we get into taglines? Let's do it. Alex, to a certain group of people in New York, status is everything. Luann, I never feel guilty about being privileged. Devastated. That's the last time we're going to hear that one. <laughs> Bethany, New York City is my playground. Jill, I run with a fabulous circle of people. Ramona, I like making my own money. I find that an aphrodisiac. Kelly, I've created a great life and I love living it. Sonia, I have a taste for luxury and luxury has a taste for me. <laughs> it's worth noting that the first half of the season, Jill and Ramona were the center apples. And then once Sonia joins the cast, then Jill has the solo center apple. Do you feel like that's right? No. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there later. Yeah, we'll get there later. No, wrong. She stole the apple. Like, there, there, there's no way. She stole the Who did apple. she pay to hold that apple? Po- she poisoned the apple and was <laughs> going to feed it to... <laughs> And then she was going to apologize for doing that after profusely to a oh point my. where you don't even want to hear it anymore. Oh, oh, okay. Strong feelings out the gate. I love it. <laughs> Listen. Okay. So other than it being the Genesis, how do you feel about season three in terms of like New York on its own? New York, the franchise on its own or New York, this like, like, like in terms of like, so you said it's the genesis of every season, but in terms of season three and the canon of just New York, it's seasons one, two, and three. Like, how do you feel in terms of like comparing it to the two seasons that came before and how you feel like it stands on its own? I think that for the first two seasons of New York, there was always, there was so many, so much verbal explanation of this person is in the Upper East Side and they know these people and this person in the Upper West Side and this person in the Lower East Side and this person's involved in charity. And the, this season three was the fruition of all of the incredible things that season one and two was kind of laying in. I think that this was also, much like season five of Orange County, the fame was really getting to the women. I think that there was housewives craze at this point and I mean, especially Jill, we'll get into all of that but all of them frankly they were really feeling the weight of fandom and I think that they really like stood up to the task and it was just exciting to watch because I knew everyone felt a fire underneath them to have game and not just hang out yeah for the most part. I, I felt that too and also for me I felt like season one was a great season and really laid some track. And then I felt like season two was an incredible housewife season on its own. So then for season three to come and somehow one up the ante on what had already been established with season two was honestly just incredible to watch. Yes. It was artful television. It is a go to like. Listen, on the syllabus of Housewives Theory, season three would absolutely be an entire week of, you know, like of study. Like that is how incredible it is. Yes. Some may say the genesis. Some may not. (laughs) Some may just like it and say, stop bringing your Christian upbringing into this. (laughs) (laughs) So the main stories this season. The game. The game, honey. There's so many. How can we like, but there was one that ruled all. Okay. Bethany and Joe. Bethany and Joe. The saga. Bethany and Joe. I feel like Bethany and Joe were like the sun of the season and everything orbited around 
that drama. Agree, because people would step into the drama, then step out. People would involve themselves and then say, don't involve me. It aggravated all the housewives, and then they also felt kind of liberated stepping. It was They were always the main tension in the group that everybody sort of had to acknowledge. And yet, they weren't the only tension. Because, of course, you have... Bethany and Ramona. Yes. Whether they're friends or foes, which day, who's to say, honestly? Every day it changes. You have Ramona and Luann. You have Jill and Luann's budding friendship. Really, in terms of story, you have Luann kind of, we see her separated and navigating single life and then ultimately throughout the season, like her divorce being finalized. You also have Bethany not just dealing with Joe, but dealing with like huge life changes. Big in ter- Bethany like season. she comes into the season and she's dating Jason. And throughout the season, she gets pregnant. She gets engaged. Her father passes away. Like like huge things that I'm shocked happened in the span of three or four months, however long they were filming. Right. And she still held it together. She was still the heart Barely, of the but cast. Yes. Barely, but that's Bethany. <laughs> but can you blame her? You know, yeah, exactly. It was a lot. It was a lot. But I think that it just goes to show Bethany's strength that all of this was happening and she still managed to have some of the best one-liners in the entire season. Let's talk about Bethany. Let's talk about Bethany. Damn. Straight <laughs> into Bethany. Right. And I mean, come on. She, Bethany is this woman who we have listened to for two seasons debate this concept of can I have it all? And if this show were a scripted series, season three would be like the culmination of that. Like, can Bethany Frankel have it all? Yes. We're going to answer that in season three. Stay tuned in September, honey. <laughs> Literally. It sounds like an ABC pilot. It's like, on the fall it's- schedule. Have I written it? Am I writing it right now? Who's to say? <laughs> but really, What's stopping you? if yes. this were a scripted show, this season, you know, season three really fulfilled the promise of the premise for Bethany as a character. It's almost too, co- it's scary how cookie cutter it is. Because you think, you know what I mean? Like, I I know you know what I mean in terms of like a lot of people know what happens to Bethany. It's not happily ever after. But it's scary how many things go wrong in her life. Like for every wrong thing that happens, something incredible happens to her. And I truly, one of my least favorite things is when people say, can I have it all? I don't know if I can have it all. It's like, shut the fuck. It's like, this isn't a Disney movie. Calm down. But Bethany is one of those people that has such a full life, has had so many evolutions. You really did wonder if she could have it, you know, quote all and she found it so I mean a lot of Bethany things kind of are floating out there who knows what happened when but uh, essentially Bethany is out of her relationship with the first Jason from season two hilarious a dud I date I date Jason's only I date Jason's only and she does honey she has found herself I thought he was a Wall Street man I don't know he's one of those people that is like a real estate Wall Street businessman it's a little up in the clouds he's one of those you know just rich 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 we don't know how we don't know why we don't care and they seem to be really in love he seems to be able to take her biting humor and he throws it right back at her and they seem honestly really happy it's haunting frankly and uh Yeah. Did you think that they looked happy looking back at this season? Yes, I think they looked happy. The thing that's interesting and, you know, all of you hardcore New York watchers know, spoiler alert for those who are listening to these episodes as they watch the show, but Bethany and Jason, things don't necessarily work out for them. So I found that they were very in love, but me knowing how things play out, watching it, it was a little like, 
oh no yeah <laughs> it's like what did she do i mean i i one of the first things that i knew about the housewives franchises in general was the bethany skinny girl empire and i knew that she has you know a terrible you know breakup parting whatever with one of her partners i found out that was jason from this season and so when i was watching it the first time my very first new york watch i couldn't enjoy it because i just kept thinking about all the things i had read in the post or whatever this time I kind of was able to look at it with fresh eyes. It was a true read watch because I'm like, just divorce what you know about Bethany and Jason and just try to watch it. The first half of the season, I felt like it was a little tough, but I felt like after Bethany, um, after there was a big reveal that Bethany's pregnant, things just got better with them. The thing that's interesting is the first time I watched this, I do not remember what was airing, you know, presently, but I didn't know that they didn't, that things went south for them. So the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, okay, like, this is her happily ever after. I was really just focused on Bethany. He was kind of like a not, like, he was to the side, whatever. This time, now that I know, I was watching with a closer eye, and the thing that I found interesting, and you know, I love Bethany. You do. On the show. Um, And... (laughs) (laughs) He's like, please don't come for me. I said, I said, okay, as you know, I love Bethany on the show. On the show. I gotta say in season three, it's so interesting. And we're going to talk about Bethany and Jill here in a moment because like, like I said, the sun, everything else orbited around it. But the thing that was interesting for me with Bethany is I realized like, oh, Bethany is that friend who gets in a relationship and that relationship kind of becomes her whole personality. Yes. And I was like. Embarrassing. It's, you know, it's not my favorite type of friend. I, str- I genuinely struggle with those types of people. I mean, look at you. You've been in a relationship for 900 years mm-hmm. and you are not that person. You know what I mean? No, Although yeah. one can argue it's easier when you're not in the honeymoon phase. Sure. But still, it's like you could tell she just absorbed this new identity of like being with a partner, which is fair. But the way she talked about like when she's talking with her assistant about like the Jill drama and she says, you know, it was a whole summer of why not me and grabby and I don't like grabby. And then she put like at like in the sentence without really even taking a beat. She's like, I don't like grabby. Jason hates grabby. And then just like stuff like that. And she was like, I hit a wall. Jason was sitting here with me. Just like little things like that where it's like, why in this scenario where you are explaining to your assistant, the Jill drama, why does it matter that Jason hates grabby? It's, it's just, it's giving daddy problems, daddy drama, daddy trauma. It's too much for me. And I, and look, if Bethany was seeing someone else do this, she would make fun of them so hard. So that's why I roll my eyes at that. But can we talk about how much I liked Bethany's assistant? I'm like, why wasn't she recurring? Just just a woman out here getting her coin, taking care of this dog. Like, come on, Cookie. <laughs> <laughs> I thought oh, she was great. I love seeing Cookie. I know you didn't care, but I, <laughs> I love seeing Cookie. Listen, I mentioned Cookie first. Excuse <laughs> you. You did. That's so true. You did. It's called growth, honey. Um, but yeah, I, all I kept thinking, she kept saying so many declarative statements about Jason. Like, this is definitely the first of many birthdays. Definitely. I'm not going to screw this one up. When she threw like a birthday party for him and his friends um but for bethany and jill the fact that jason was so involved in it you wonder if maybe he had a bobby in his life if things wouldn't have gone as south as they did if she had a bobby if she had a bobby yeah if bethany had a bobby in her life maybe the friendship wouldn't have gone as bad as it did because bobby who made me emotional every time he came on screen we'll talk about him in jill's section but you could just tell jason couldn't stand her he didn't like the show he was doing this just for bethany and That was just so evident whenever she would talk about everything that happened with Jill. But with Bethany and Jill, they were the best of friends. We all remember from season one and two. I mean, they would like be hanging out in the same bed together all day, watching TV, relaxing, attached at the hip. Basically, she was like her mom, sister, friend. The center of the universe. Oh, I love that. I mean, I do love that. And then basically when Bethany started seeing this guy, I don't know if it's 
that Bethany started to realize her friendship with Jill, she was way too close to her and not getting what she wanted out of this, or if it was Jason really pushing for it, but Bethany really pulled away from Jill, especially after Bethany and her boyfriend wanted to go on a vacation somewhere, or they did go on a vacation somewhere. Jill found out. She was so upset, called, why didn't you invite me and Bobby? Why didn't you invite me and Bobby? I wanted to go. I wanted to go. And Bethany, understandably, was like, I wanted to go with my boyfriend. But it seemed like at that point, this all happened during the summer when they should have been having their Hampton summer like they normally do. It seemed like Bethany was looking for an excuse to step away from Jill and all her drama. And Jill was very quickly sinking to the bottom of the friend group because of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know that I I hadn't really thought about putting it much of it on Jason. To me, it was like, I just can just see Bethany as the type of person that like when she jumps in, she jumps in head first. So that's what she did with Jason. As we saw, like, I don't think they've been together that long when a lot of this no, was happening. No. And in doing so, Jill is someone who needs to feel needed. So Be- Bethany didn't really need her anymore in, in the capacity that she had for the past few seasons. So that I think just started the rift. And I think Jill was jealous of Bethany. Bethany at this point is skyrocketing to fame she's got skinny girl she wrote her book she was on a book tour i mean she is the she was the face of PETA for a while she did one of those i'd rather go naked than wear fur things where her ass was out i moved to new york not long after those posters went up and i was like who is this i very clearly remember that and i just feel like she just she was the housewife and jill was like why not me and bethany said that about her in season two she had that why not me mentality and i think that it's just a combination of things that led to them kind of breaking up being nasty with each other and Jill certainly did not take it well Jill did not take it well and you know what did not help matters is also over the summer I believe Bobby became very ill and he had thyroid cancer and he was in the hospital and he had to have his neck cut open and it was you know a very trying time and this is kind of what really in terms of us as viewers sets things into motion when we come back in because this has already happened and a lot of Jill's resentment is that Bethany sent flowers but Jill says so did her mailman and she she didn't it's so good and she didn't Bethany didn't call she checked in maybe but like I Jill it seemed like Bethany didn't grasp per Bethany the severity of what was happening and Jill was hold, coming into the season holding a lot of resentment that Bethany didn't show up for her during this time which is interesting and that paired with like I also think there was a lot of jealousy as you yeah. just said coming from Jill so there were a lot of different pieces and we come in and immediately episode one like things are not good no. like there is a rift and I really think that the Bethany Jill saga this season is basically like a five act tragedy oh you're so right and I think it can be broken up into five parts the hobby. He has the parts. The phone call slash the ambush. One part. Oh my god. The ring. The message. And the death. <gasps> the death is the last act. The death is of the, the last friendship. act. Got it's it. it's of it's 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 layered, honey. It's, it's layered. layered. Read into it. Take it English class. Is what okay, you just said so. To me. <laughs> Just to give the broad overview of kind of what they went through the season. And then we will, of course, jump in deeper. But it starts off with how we were just talking a lot of this animosity that they come into the show with. And apparently, Bethany, preseason, Bethany had called Jill to kind of, you know, gauge what was happening or to squash what was happening. And in this phone call, she left Jill a voicemail, actually. And in this voicemail, she tells Jill that she needs to get a hobby. And boy, is Jill holding on to this <laughs> when we come in. We hear it. No, like, if you were playing a drinking game in the premiere of every time you were the hobby, do not drive. Do not, do not drive. get in the car. In fact, stay home. No. <laughs> Drink a glass of water with every shot. 
And so Joe's holding on to the resentments of uh, Bethany not showing up for her. And then there's this voicemail saying, get a hobby. And on Bethany's end, you don't, she doesn't quite have the sense that Jill is feeling the intense feelings that Jill is feeling or the intensity in which Jill is feeling these things. But we know because Jill and her good Judy Luann, honey, <laughs> have spent the summer together. Luann's the new Bethany. <laughs> As, as Alex McCord would say, Luann is getting divorced and is therefore the new underdog. So Jill has attached to her. Alex clocked, honey. Alex. Alex was clocking in, but we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, so we are knowing this because we hear Jill talk about it endlessly with Luann. And then early in the season, Bethany and Jill meet up for the first time at the Jill Stewart fashion show. And they start to like dabble in it. They start to get into it a little bit in terms of like what's going on between them. Jill expresses that the hobby comment, like she didn't, you know, she didn't appreciate that anymore. She said, Bethany said she needed to find a hobby. And she says, you know what I did? I did find a new hobby. It wasn't hanging out with you anymore. And then quickly, Kelly and Luann kind of interrupt the conversation. Yeah. But this communicates to Bethany that something is not right still. Didn't that line just make you feel like that's like something your mom would tell you to say to a bully at school? <laughs> I know that Jill had been waiting months to say yes, that. Yes, yes. She had scribbled it in her notebook 15 times. Yes. She practiced it in the mirror. Called everyone after she, she said it. you know, she thought that she was on fire delivering <laughs> that line. She was like, she did a good job. She's like, I'm gonna get my Emmy here. <laughs> <laughs> and then that leads us into act two of the tragedy, also known as the phone call and the ambush. And for me, these two things are Bethany kind of trying to reach out to Joe. It's like Bethany is trying to build a bridge a little bit, see what's going on exactly. Like, can this be mended? Can this be fixed? And Jill is not having it. The phone call, the infamous moment of Bethany in the red dress on the sidewalk of the streets of New York on the phone with Jill as she has it on speaker and Luann is there and Bethany doesn't know. <laughs> and then this phone call between them ends terribly. And it really signals to Bethany like, oh, we are in a bad way. Yes. So then comes the ambush. So this is all part of the second act, honey, because it's Bethany reaching out. Narratively, the dra dramatically, <laughs> um, and Ramona basically sets up Jill. <laughs> In red flag number one, Ramona, Ramona brokered this. Lord, we'll get to Ramona. Whose idea was that? Jesus, take the wheel. Oh my god. Um, so Jill and Luann are doing some sort of charity prep work at Ramona's house, and Ramona invites Bethany and doesn't tell Jill. And Bethany goes to have a conversation. She brings a letter for Bobby because one of Jill's big complaints is that Bethany never reached out to him. And Jill is still like, I'm not having it. Wall up. And then they talk a little bit, and it's ultimately interrupted by Luann, so they really don't get anywhere. But it's not great, and Bethany is still just trying to reach out. And then it sends us into... Act three, which is the ring. The this ring. This is when things start to take a turn. <laughs> Bethany has found out she's pregnant. Yes. The group does not know this. But then soon after she gets engaged and they're all at an event and Jill finds out about this. And this is when the tables start to turn. At this event, Bethany is starting to realize that she doesn't want anything to do with Jill. Yeah. And Jill is starting to realize, oh, these big things are happening in Bethany's life and I am not there for her. Yeah. So they switch POVs a bit. The fourth act comes the message delivered by Alex <laughs> telling Jill at this point, the pregnancy rumors are out there at an event Ramona is hosting. Bethany confirms she's pregnant via a card. Iconic. It was iconic. iconic. She wasn't there. The group was all around. It was great. And at the same time, Alex delivers a message to Jill on Bethany's behalf that she is done and she wants nothing to do with her. Alex flushed, scarlet chested, some might say. Which leads to... Not the hives. Not the <laughs> not hives. The... Poor thing. Which leads to the final act, which was the death one could say the death of their friendship, or one could take it literally, and it was the death of Bethany's father, where Jill suddenly realized that Bethany's engaged, she's pregnant, her father just died, 
the audience is not going to go against Bethany, but you know who they are going to go against? Jill. Miss Jill Zarin. And we see her in real time kind of realize, not saying this, of course, like you have to read between the lines, but realizing that, oh, I'm coming out of the scenario looking bad. And I think I've also lost Bethany forever. Yeah. And Bethany is living her best life, minus the father dying, of course. Like, yeah. that was obviously a struggle. But she did get closure within that. She has her spinoff on the way. She is flying high. She and is. And that is the dissolution wow. of Bethany and Jill's friendship. I'm so glad that you distilled it down that way because it really is so much. I think that we might agree on this. I think more than Jill genuinely missing Bethany as a friend, Jill, like everybody had accused her, was one of the people that let fame go to her head. We'll talk about Jill. But I think that Bethany knew that Jill didn't want to be her friend, her real genuine friend, until something was like happening to her, something good was happening to her. And like you said, Jill was realizing she looked like the bad guy. And with the whole thing with the ring and whatever, when Bethany was like just basically in a catatonic state, she was not acknowledging Jill when Jill was congratulating her on getting engaged. She just wanted to talk about her ring, whatever. And Bethany was acting a little bit immature. I remember I thought that when I first watched it. But I also wasn't there. And what I can imagine was happening was Bethany realizing I'm PR for Jill. Mm-hmm. Jill realizes she literally took a shot at the queen and missed. And now she is scrambling. That is what's happening. It's also Bethany realizing that she is the queen. Yes. It's like Jill took a shot at the queen. Bethany realizing like, oh, like I am the queen bee here. And it was a little childish. I think that's a layer of Bethany's personality in general. Like in these first three seasons, we'll see it later. Like she definitely has a child instinct. Yes. A childlike instinct in the way she acts towards others sometimes. But I do think at that point, you know, she had said like, oh, Jill wasn't excited for me until it was about my ring, materialistic things. Like, so she, I think, just had her number and was done. No, she was waiting for more things. Uh, Something that I loved, uh, moving away from Jill a little bit with Bethany and Jill, I loved the friendship between Bethany and Alex. I love, you know, you already know I love it. I I love it so much. I've been waiting for it. I forgot. That's one of the biggest things I remember thinking back on the early part of the show is just because it's such a quiet friendship. Yeah, And I appreciate that so much. And like, and it's so funny because what I didn't realize in this rewatch and we saw it in season one and season two that Alex happened to always be there when Bethany was having some sort of breakdown. Yeah. And they get to this season and they kind of name that like, oh, we are these people who always can hear each other out. Mm -hmm. And I just love it so much. I love that friendship so much. I'm sad we don't get more of it. I agree because a lot there are some great friendships on Roni season three, but a lot of them are rooted in like, we like to be silly together and have fun together. I don't know why I'm only doing Luann voice, but there's just a lot of like silliness surrounding it and a lot of drama. There's so little, if any, drama with the Bethany and Alex friendship this season. It's so refreshing when they were early together at the event. Yeah. Like, we're always on time. The sitting laughing. on top of the boat yes, or the yacht. the yacht, whatever it was. And, you know, I think that Bethany had multiple breakdowns around Alex because she felt safe. And she, I'm sure she has her friends around her. Also, Bethany does tend to get really emotional whenever, so, when she feels like she's not being acknowledged, especially this season, her immediate mode is to sob. That's like her immediate reaction. Ramona does that when there's a microscope on her. Bethany does it when she feels like people aren't really taking in the severity of the situation. And Alex, no matter who you are, is going to be that friend who's there for you. And it was nice to see Bethany in a genuine friendship again. Because even season two with Bethany and Jill, there was something off. So... And this season was such a tumultuous season, too, for Bethany. And you can't count on Ramona to be, (laughs) as we saw in the Brooklyn Bridge, you can't count on Ramona (laughs) to always show up for you. But we, knowing that Bethany was going through all of this stuff, but knowing that Alex was in her 
corner, it makes it more palatable. We don't yeah. ever want to see a season where everyone's ganging up on one person. Like Beverly Hills has been very famous for that. Yeah. And it's never exciting. It's not fun. You know, so to see, but it, if someone is going against someone and they have a strong ally, then it's like tolerable, you know? Agree. I think also I'll say something sort of negative to, <laughs> to segue into Ramona. Something negative about Bethany. It's not really that big of a deal, but the dramatic recreations of things that clearly have already happened, the peeing on the pregnancy test and being like, holy shitballs, I'm pregnant. You already did that. That was another pregnancy test. The getting the news about Perez. You don't think that was her first no, pregnancy babe, test? There's no way that was her first. There were multiple times where Bethany's that. like, I will do this for the camera. I will do this for Andy Cohen, Daddy Cohen. I will do this for you. There is multiple. Oh my God. Girl. <laughs> um, I really, because, you know, I think she knows what makes good TV. I'm so sorry. Sorry, I just kicked a chair. Sorry, I was distracted by Daddy Cohen. My mind went places, <laughs> then you made a sound. I was just on I'm my so own kicked journey. A, kicked a chair, but I think that uh, Bethany just has the tendency to be, you could tell she's really putting her producer hat on. She's one of the biggest housewife low-key producers in all of the franchises she always has a hand with production you can tell and she's like i will do whatever you need me to do because i know what makes good tv and that bugged me a little like the perez hilton thing which for those who don't remember i certainly didn't when uh bethany was pregnant she wanted to keep it private for a while because she is a woman who is a little bit you know into her 30s she was nervous about the pregnancy taking and her and jason wanted to keep it private especially from the press but from a lot of people uh for some reason Perez Hilton who I'm like I never want to hear that name again in my life I forgot all about him but he literally was the terrorist of the early aughts like and well this is 2010s but he was horrible to all these celebrities and the fact that they were he was on the show they were saying his name I was like this is embarrassing want to move on but he outed Bethany's pregnancy on his blog. Bethany had to call Jason and tell Jason and then Jason. It. I believe Bethany saw it. I like I believed Jason's reaction more than I believed Bethany's. I think Bethany and her trusty assistant were like, what are we going to do? And they were like, cameras up. We're going to do this again. And then Jason found out in real time, I think. do you, Who do you think leaked it? That's a good question. Ooh, I like that question. What's my housewife's theory on who leaked it? Do you think it was Jill's Sarah? No. No, cuz Jill had no Jill, idea at that point. Yeah, I love that I whispered that like she's here. Um <laughs> are you are you saying what I'm, I'm thinking? I'm just asking a question. Do you think that Bethany leaked it herself? I think it was either Bethany or production. Yeah, that's interesting. And not I even to she, be mean, but it's like she's already filming the show. Exactly. Don't know. It's like, we listen, this will send the season. You know, You know, I'm not saying it was production. I mean, I guess there's a world that Bethany could have, you know, you just like, yeah. it, it, I'm sure Bethany didn't because she wanted to keep it secret for Jason or whatever so they could tell his family at least. Like I buy, I buy they wanted to tell his parents in person, of yeah. course. Um, but I, I asked the question because I was just curious if you had any suspicion. That was the first thing I thought when I saw that. I was like, did Bethany fucking tell them herself? And look, I think it was to get ahead of it. I don't think that Bethany is that good of a secret keeper. So maybe she had told one too many people and it was going to get an- out anyway and she got ahead of it. I don't think she wanted it to happen. I think it was more of like a damage control thing because Jason did seem genuinely pissed and he's not good at acting in front of the camera. You didn't think he seemed pissed? I just, I don't know. If we're considering theories, yeah. there's a world. I there mean, we know world. that he didn't end up being a good guy. No. So I'm just saying. Oh, I didn't think about that. Maybe he was a thespian. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Something I think is interesting about Jason, too, just in... 
the broader sense is at one point, you know, they talk about how Bethany talks about how he's a little more conservative and she's like, he thinks I'm literally Lucille Ball. He thinks that it's always something every day and that he comes home <laughs> and there's some other situation I've gotten myself into. And that felt eerily similar to me to Simon in Ooh. the last season of Orange County. Just like this idea of having a wife who is kind of quirky and Lucille Ball-y and you always have to That's fix her problems. good observation. And it was her making that reference because in season five of Orange County, Simon makes a Lucille Ball reference. So it like made, it like kind of made the hairs on the back of my neck stand up a little bit just knowing. And I was just like, ooh. Yeah. There are so many things that are sort of like foreshadow like with Jason when they're moving and he's going through her things. And they had that cute little tiff of like, he wants to pretend like he's a basketball player. And he's like, why do you have so many jars? And she's like, jars are, it seemed funny. I think it's just viewing it through the lens of like these two end up hating each other. You kind of see the seeds of it. And they also weren't even together. I don't even think a year when she was pregnant. Uh, so no, like, no, it's like they seven. Had not, yeah. I feel like they had not been together that long when this season started. No. And it, it was very fast. And that's something I forgot about too. It's also kind of the Bethany way that like that feels very, she yeah. is very, she talks fast. She, she moves she fast. Like she knows what she wants. She wants to know if she can have it all. And this season she felt like she got her answer. Totally. Something that I thought was interesting too is I love Housewives because I feel like all things come back around. And I remember you and I talking about how it was a, like her background with her parents were a little, like there were some gaps and some holes and we weren't quite sure exactly about her situation i feel like we got a little bit more of that this season oh yeah of course with her connecting with her father and talking about that at one point she's talking with alex and she tells alex that her dad resents her because her mother took her away when she was four and you know there's been obviously friction and she hasn't had a relationship with him and then ultimately as we see this season um he passes away and it was just like really hard to see her like that and experiencing parental loss like that because they had such an, an odd relationship. But one moment that came out of that that I was really touched by and like kind of caught me off guard was when she is in the back of the car about to fly back to oh, LA. Yes, I'm So chills. she tries to go to L- she goes to LA once to see her dad because he is ill and he doesn't want to see her. No, yeah. After having he, only spoken three times, I think he said she said, I've he's only called me three times my whole life. Yes. And then he calls, so she comes back to New York, and then I guess he reaches out and says that he does want to see her. So she goes back to LA. So this is her on her way to the airport, and she calls Ramona because Ramona just lost her father, you know, five months before the season started. And she knows that she'll get it because she also had a specific dynamic with her father. And it's seeing Ramona instantly tear up when talking yeah. to Bethany and just like giving her advice. It just felt so real. Yeah. And so like, so much bigger than the show. Totally. That's that Ramona Bethany kind of weird connection that goes in and out. They love each other so much or they hate each other so much. And that was one of the beautiful loving moments where Ramona knew exactly what Bethany needed because she herself, as we've talked about in other episodes, had a relationship with her father who she describes as abusive and was abusive to her mother. And she had a very complicated relationship with him. She knows that Bethany has gone through the same thing. And instead of for once making it about her, (laughs) she gives her actual sound advice. She's like, you just need to forgive him. You just need to go there. You just need to see him. The fact that he wants to see you is so huge. And that goes back to me saying Bethany kind of 
reacts in an immature way when she feels like people don't see her that moment when Ramona gave Bethany her flowers being like he called you he asked to see you you could tell that meant I'm gonna tear up that meant so much to Bethany that someone knew someone knew and that's something that Bethany Ramona will always have in seasons going forward it's it's special and interesting and stressful and it was it was a great moment they have a lot of things yes. they'll have a lot of things from this season yeah do you want to talk about Ramona let's talk about Ramona oh Ramona I forget how early the eyes started oh my. <laughs> the infamous this season had everything this... like so many iconic moments from New York happened in the season and I was like how yeah and look Ramona for all of the horrible terrible things she is she brought something to New York she brought something to the Housewives franchise at this point I will not always always say this but she was so bizarre she brought so much story she was friends with most everyone (laughs) throughout the season and the people she wasn't friends with or wasn't interested in being friends with she made it quite clear I think that's interesting because I actually thought Ramona didn't have a lot going on this season except for when she felt like it blowing people up with a grenade (laughs) oh that's a good and that's classic her (laughs) you know which which provided a lot of drama at various points let's talk about the brooklyn bridge oh my god i was gonna start with small potatoes in the brooklyn let's do the brooklyn bridge because we were just talking about her and bethany so you know (gasps) brooklyn bridge one of the most devastating scenes of reality it is incredible it is artful it is can be committed should be committed like should be committed (laughs) considered us doing another dramatic reading a la um, kelly and bethany but it was just it's too painful but essentially ramona and bethany are walking down the brooklyn bridge catching up talking about life ramona really wants jill and bethany to make up because it's a lot of tension at all these events that ramona is going to and ramona has known jill i forgot till you know the season they mentioned it 800 times at that point 15 years and so it's really inconvenient to have the group split in two at this point bethany kind of expressed she didn't want to do that and this is also right around the time of the phone call between bethany and jill right and one thing that precipitates that is this article from Perez freaking Hilton has come out about the rift between Jill and Bethany. And that's one of the reasons that Bethany wants to call Jill. So here, Ramona is kind of, it gets brought up and Ramona kind of says to Bethany that she thought that she planted the article. Yeah. And then the fight begins. The fight begins. So basically, Bethany does not want to talk to Jill. This is just getting out of hand. And so Ramona gets a little nasty. She kind of puts on her little bully hat and is like, I'm going to bully Bethany into realizing she's going to have no one if she doesn't. She's like, I'm going to make Bethany want to jump off the Brooklyn Bridge. That's not funny. I'm going to create an environment that is so So toxic that Zoom. (laughs) She says to her, I don't know. At least I have friends. You have no friends. Who are your friends? You have nobody in your life right now. You have Jason. You'll probably mess that up too. Talk to about say that to somebody. A devast- Not even a devastating read. That's not even like that. <sighs> Wow. Even thinking I want to have a camera moment and I want to say the nastiest thing possible, that's gutter. so mean for that was somebody gutter. for some that was gutter. That's mm. a perfect way of saying that. You are a low what is it? Low rent bitch. What you, is it? You are a low budget bitch. That's what it is. That was a low budget bitch move, honestly. Because Bethany has this thing about having nobody feeling abandoned, not having family. Just, she got her to the white meat. She just, like, straight. There was no hope got for out her. that steak knife on the Brooklyn Bridge in front of everyone 
It was Ooh. she had made a shiv out of a toothbrush and she was coming to collect. Look, I that moment I have to say I respected Ramona because she does lean into the villain a lot. She this gave season. us great TV. She did. She gave us great TV. It was it's such an iconic moment that you can't be too mad at it. You, you know? can't. And it also gave us some really funny, funny bits where they are having this, you know, obviously she says it's Bethany and then it's on. Yes. The, those two, like they're bickering on the bridge. People who are passing by are staring, and Bethany had already invited Alex and Simon to meet them at the other end end of the bridge because oh, I forgot about that because Ramona's going to be in Brooklyn like this is a moment we need to capitalize on and Ramona in her confessional even says I could not wait to get to the end of the bridge <laughs> to enter Brooklyn I never thought I would ever think this I was actually excited to see Alex and Simon <laughs> Incredible. Poor Alex and Simon. Also, fuck everyone for dissing Brooklyn. I lived in Brooklyn and it's better than Manhattan. Everyone can suck it. It's so annoying. They're like, oh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. I guess it's okay for Brooklyn. That was a whole thing with Ramona. But sorry, back to the bridge. That was insane. It Also, the weird thing with Ramona and Alex this season. We literally kicked off the season with Ramona holding Alex and Simon hostage <laughs> at her, what was it, Labor Day barbecue? Poor July Alex, 4th barbecue? Yes. Something like that. That was um, scary. Poor Alex. She was like, I won't. So Alex was supposed to go over to Jill's house and Jill with her uh, project, Luann. They were waiting for everybody. You know, they were waiting for Simon and Alex to come over and they were doing a stop off. So Simon and Alex were kind of in the middle. Notice I say the both of them because weirdly it was the both of them, though. Simon did get a little less camera time this time. They were in the middle. They were like, how long do we stay at Ramona's? When do we go to Jill's? Unfortunately, they expressed this out loud to Ramona. Who was a vengeful, vengeful person, <laughs> and she bullied her into staying at the house. It was weird. I would have wanted to leave. It was literally get out. Like they're so scary. That Hamptons yard she has. Yeah, it's scary. That's who she is. I think ultimately Ramona was lucky this season because there was so much going on around her yeah. that we didn't have time to really sit and how terrible she is. Yeah. So she came across looking better than she normally might. That's a good. Loved way of her new it. haircut. Her that short hair on her, honey. Right. Ramona's kind of thing this season was she was in the midst of a renewal. You know, like like I said earlier, her father passed, you know, before the season, and she was coming into this year with a new haircut, a new attitude, renewed, refreshed her and Mario, renew their vows, another vow renewal. Another in vow the renewal. season finale. Like that was her gig this year, other yeah. than like blowing people's faces off whenever no one asked for it. <laughs> no one asked. Out of pocket responses left and right. Why do you think okay, so Ramona and Mario are her husband Mario, um, aka Mel Gibson, they're renewing their vows this season. And they're renewing it not at their fifteenth anniversary. I am stuck at Mel Gibson. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, that's what he, he looks like him to me. Listen, I listen, you just took me on a ride. Yes. <laughs> No, it's so weird. She's pushing, having a vow renewal at year 17. Ramona, of all people, much like Bethany, if someone else did that, Ramona would be like, why are we celebrating year 17? 17 doesn't mean anything. I mean, Jill clocked that too. She was like 17. No. And even Avery, when she (laughs) asked her. like, why not 20? Avery, Ramona's teenage (laughs) daughter, she says, I want you to be my maid of honor, thinking that her daughter, who just like doesn't want to have anything to do with anybody, probably just wants to go in her room and listen to Avril Lavigne. She's like, I want you to be my maid of honor. Do I have to? I'd rather just watch, she says. Because everyone's like, what is this for? So what do you think that was for? Yes, her father died. Yes, she had the renewal, Ramona renewal, skincare line, whatever coming out. It was weird, right? Even Mario's face when she said it, Mm -hmm. I want to renew our vows when she had her little sexy outfit. She had a little date night planned in their apartment. Something was off. You know, we know a few years from now, the issues that transpire between Ramona and Mario. Mm -hmm. And I did at one point wonder, was stuff starting to happen here? Like, you know, but the only thing that 
I'm sure maybe things were happening. Maybe she was sensing something. Yes. I get the feeling it wasn't a concrete thing because when that happens later, it felt like very much like it rocked her world and like she didn't see it coming because she's Ramona and she ignored whatever she did <laughs> see coming. But maybe here she was starting to feel maybe pulling away or yeah. something and she maybe felt out of control. That's why she changed her hair. Like yes. you, you start changing the things that you have control over. So I don't know. I think that's a good question. And I don't think, I think there could be something to it. I think so too, but... Ramona, very interesting. Hated Alex, pretended like she didn't. It was, oh, it was. <laughs> there was a lot of, uh, there were a lot of fun little like, oh, this is the first time it happened this season with Ramona. So it's it's like Bethany dubbing her the Ramona coaster, <laughs> or it was the first turtle time, which I, I was didn't wondering, remember. was this the first turtle I time? I think so, because it was at this place called the Fat Turtle. Like wow. that's what, and I think, which was funny to me, because when I think of turtle time, I think of Ramona and Sonia. Yes. But, but really, the OG turtle time was Ramona, Bethany, and Alex. Who knew? Dancing the night away as Bethany was pregnant. Pregnant. Who knew? Yeah. Oh, God. Well, you know what? For whatever reason, they did the 17-year vow renewal. She looked gorgeous. I loved her hair. Stunning. Her dress when she was getting ready, when she didn't cry until she saw herself in the mirror before she went downstairs. She was like, it's my daughter. She's a young woman. I'm like, I feel like you were crying at how good you looked. I did not get you crying at Avery, but okay. And she had little Coco there in a little bridesmaid's dress. What I love, too, again, a Bethany and Ramona moment, she had Avery was walking down the stairs with Coco or she had Coco I don't really know her dog and she handed off to Bethany she handed the dog off to Bethany one of her most prized things on this planet I must say I was so confused because the I think do Coco and Cookie kind of look alike a little bit at first glance yeah because in my like my brain was like Cookie and then yeah. I was like why is Cookie in this wedding and then I was like it's not Cookie so no. I went on a journey they both have that cute it like, was very sweet face though. yeah they it was very very sweet the thing that was weird to me was when she was coming down the stairs. I don't know why I blocked this vow renewal out. I really don't. Maybe it's because I was just so... That season was just such a roller coaster. I mm -hmm. was like emotionally spent. A Ramona coaster. A Ramona coaster, some might say. I can't believe I missed that opportunity. When she was walking down the stairs and they started playing like weird Renaissance music as she was making her grand entrance. I was like, where are we? Nothing surprises me. No, it was... <laughs> it's just odd. And even Avery was like, why are you walking down the stairs? It was, it was hysterical. At least... Her eyes weren't popping like they were on the runway. One fun thing that I appreciate Ramona for this season, we didn't see it until the lost footage episode, but I think it was our first Dorinda sighting. Oh, with the charity She's, event? No, with the birthday luncheon. Oh. I think it was a birthday luncheon. Yeah, it was like at Ramona's birthday luncheon. And Dorinda's just kind of in the back in this oh like pink God. shirt. And I was like, oh. Dorinda. Speaking of the birthday event, it, it just reminds me that I feel like this season, Ramona and Jill were like oil and water. Yes. It, it just like, it doesn't help that Ramona was very, except for the Brooklyn Bridge, Team Bethany throughout the season. So I think Jill was automatically like, uh, no, thank you, Ramona. I don't have time for it. But even at that birthday event, like they clashed because... Jill wanted to move Kelly's seating. Oh my and God, Ramona that's was right. and Ramona was like, no, like, no, like I planned this out. You're not gonna do that, which it was rude of Jill. Yes. But then I think of the event that they had at that random woman's house who was kind of a friend, right. Jennifer. Which I'm like, is she a friend of? I was so glad I she wasn't. She, I feel like she was probably like auditioning and didn't right. make the cut. But yeah, so Ramona and Jill there because that was right after Bethany's dad had died and Ramona comes in and she's like, I have terrible news. I just read an email and I'm assuming it was from Bethany to say that Bethany's dad had died and Jill, this is when she realized the tides have fully turned, aka the death, act five. Jill 
fully freaks out on Ramona for not having told her sooner, which I was just like, like Jill was unraveling. Yeah, because she was out. It had nothing to do with Bethany's dad. And Jill was out. And she was coming at Ramona saying that like, if Bethany's dad was dying or had been dying, you should have told me, you and Alex should have told me. And in my head, and this is going to transition us into Jill, I feel, but in my head, like, no one needed to tell you that except for Bethany. Like, no. it's not on Alex to tell you that a mutual friend that you were in a fight with right now. It Like, I don't know. Like, I felt like that was unfair of her to come at them that intensely. Like, maybe it can't be like, it hurt my feelings that no one told me because it's such a big thing. If you come at it from a calm place, then sure, we can have the conversation. But to just erupt, Jill, I was like, oh, this is a bad look. Look, in terms of functionality with Ramona and Jill, they serve sort of the same purpose and are on both sides of Bethany or whoever the power player is at all times. They're not really against each other, but they are always feuding because one of them is always higher up on the food chain and it's going to bother one of the other ones. And I think that was one of the final nails in the coffin for Jill realizing I am on the bottom. I am nobody's call. I mess with the wrong people. No one's going to like me. And I have to say, too, a kind of silly note, I loved that texting was really not a thing and everyone was emailing, emailing. each other emailing each other out-of-pocket emails. Like, uh, heard that you met up with Bethany. Good luck. You're going to need it. Why did you put that? You took the time to open up your email and write that? Probably on a computer. It- on a non-Mac computer. <laughs> it's it, it's wild to me. I It's back in the day. Not even that long ago. Or Jill emailing Bethany being like, heard you might be pregnant. Don't tell people about this. <laughs> right. Or I, I told the press. I denied it to the press. Oh Literally no God. one asked you to do that. I understood why Bethany was so upset. I do think that Jill probably thought like, oh, she's going to think I'm being a good friend by saying to the press. Like, no, of course she's not pregnant. It's like, Jill, what you need to do is shut your mouth. Jill had a tough year. Yeah. Jill had a knows. tough year. And, you know, you and I on, you know, Housewives Theory have notoriously like been big Jill fans. Like, yes. I think Jill brings so much to the table. And that is true this season she brought a lot to the table but for me Jill was kind of insufferable I love Jill but oh my goodness I really struggled at various points because she was just so like stuck in her ways in a way that just was not conducive or helpful or to herself even like clearly like and I I had a lot of trouble with that like when she as we were just talking freaks out on Ramona or, you know, her being so dead set on not forgiving Bethany at the beginning. And and I don't know. I just had a lot of trouble with her. And I found myself really just being like, if I were on this cast, I would have to drag Jill. Yes. Like, I would have to, like, tell her about herself a little bit. It's like Katie Heron from Mean Girls when she's putting on the lipstick in Janice Ian's store. And she's like, I could feel myself getting annoying, but I just couldn't <laughs> stop. It was like, she, it, she knows she was just getting worse and worse. And people were begging her to stop. And she just couldn't stop. And she knew... Like, she was just too far gone. I mean, she for all the things that she has, she had so many great one-liners. Loved seeing her sister. Loved seeing her mom. Loved seeing her family she always. Loved seeing her family always. Loved Bobby. Loved Allie. All of them. But she was trying to be the grand Pumbaa, and it just, it doesn't work. And she was trying to really dictate the narrative. Yeah. Like, she was trying to dictate the narrative and the story. Like, her, one thing that frustrated me is, like, her coming at Bethany being like, you never reached out to Bobby. You never reached out to Bobby. And then Bethany writes that letter, and then in that scene between Jill and Bobby where they're eating pizza and the best pizza in New York, apparently. Um, And Jill (laughs) says, I didn't read the letter. What does it say? I was like, A, lie. You open that letter immediately. So fast. In the elevator. Like, you didn't even make it to the car. No, agree. And then her being like, well, I didn't get a letter. And I'm like, Jill, you haven't said that to Beth. What you have said to Bethany is, you didn't reach out to Bobby. You didn't reach out to Bobby. You didn't reach out. Like, and then Bethany does, which really, Bethany writing that letter to Bobby, sure, was for Bobby, but it was for Jill. 
no. Yes. It was like, okay, my friend had told me I didn't do this thing, so let me do this thing and let it be genuine. And Jill, it still wasn't good. It was never good enough. No. This season, that was my thing. I think it was just never good enough for her. You called it. You said she wanted to call the shots this season. She wanted to lead the narrative, be the producer, whatever, and she can't do it because things have to go her way. She cannot pivot. And mm. it was, you know, ultimately her undoing. Should we talk about Jill? I loved Jill's opening scene. It's one of the opening scenes. I think they were in the Hamptons with Kelly and Luann. Mm-hmm. And then there was the whole back. Obviously, Kelly and Luann are not fans of Bethany at this point. We will get to that. But Kelly doing that little slide. She invented the margarita. And then Jill trying to remain neutral. I don't drink. <laughs> that's that's the Jill that I love. Like a good biting comment, but also kind of neutral. And that's the Jill that I sort of miss. She was just making a statement. You right. Know, she's just letting the people know. Right. And I think that's honestly when Jill is her strongest. But maybe she doesn't get as, camera, as much camera time if she does that. And I really hate when people are neutral normally or like riding the fence on both sides. But in Jill's case, I wish she did it more this season. She did. Yeah, she did it. So I mean, like I because you mentioning Kelly, who I kind of forgot existed. Um, he, he, I would you love know, to forget Kelly, she existed. <laughs> Kelly doing, you know, Playboy and she told Jill and Luann and to her face, Jill was like super supportive, which you should be. And you would be. But then her confessional, she was like, I really have mixed feelings. It's kind of like that, like playing the middle a little bit, not saying what I actually mean to your face. And we see it a lot this season with her wanting to run from situations. So like Bethany arriving, when she finds out she's engaged, she initially runs and then she won't go tell Bethany congratulations without Bobby being there. It's like, and it's so interesting because Jill to me is such a strong woman that I feel like can stand on her own. But this season, she couldn't do that. She demands blind loyalty from all of her allies and you cannot be blindly loyal when you're a housewife or else you're going to be off the show the next season. And it's, again, oil and water, but this time it's Jill and Housewives. It just was not working. One thing that disappointed me a bit with Jill, I will say this season is, and you know I love this quote, I have a magnet on my refrigerator, (laughs) her being like, and you know, I've been around gays. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which I that quote separate I loved but it was her when Alex and Simon came with their friend her describing that oh, gay guy yes. as like as as freaky and a little shocked and she was like like he scared the crap out of me and I don't know what he was wearing and he was wearing a corset a bag and you know, and I was just like Jill that just feels I was like you call Brad your gay husband like what yeah. are you doing it just she has her icky moments like that too but I think it's also I hate to say it. It's like her age Mm. of like thinking it's okay to minimize stereotype, put in a box every gay man she comes across. And it was another like annoying side of Joe. I felt like that with Brad, her gay husband, so-and-so last season and the season before. I was just like, I don't want to see this. It brings out a weird side to Jill. Again, the blind loyalty side. Act exactly how I want you to act. Act exactly how I expect you to act. And if not, I'm going to pick on you. Mm. You know, when she started to get really mad at Ramona and she was making... (laughs) comments about the vow renewal and she was was like being married to her every day is a milestone to be honest (laughs) she she does know her one she has those one liners like when she when you said that i don't drink this made me think of another moment she had when she's talking to luann and sonia on the phone about bethany's pregnancy or at least the rumors and (laughs) she's talking about sonia she's just kind of feeling sonia out yeah i felt a little bit of like luann had kind of been in her pocket and then sonia comes halfway and she and sonia luann and sonia are so close that jill started to feel a little like a little prickly so Mm -hmm. she in regards to Sonia she goes oh does she have
have a house in the Hamptons too. I was like, oh, this is giving Real Houses of Potomac. Uh, do you not own a home? Yeah, I own four <laughs> homes. No, you're you're exactly. Right. I thought the same thing. But that's another example. It's like she. The more people pulled away, the more she dug her claws in, and eventually people started pinning her for things she wasn't even doing. Like the infamous thing we were talking about when Jill confronted Ramona and Alex about knowing about Bethany's dad dying and not telling her, and then Alex walking in saying, "I got your text." How could you? <laughs> that was a very Alex moment. But also, I'm sure Jill was fishing to see if Alex knew already. I don't doubt it. But at that point, everyone just wanted to make Jill the villain. Jill you was know? definitely fishing. Yeah. Jill and Alex, they had their own journey, which we will touch on <laughs> here in a second. Oh, my God. My question to you is how much do you think Jill was carrying in terms of Bobby's health issues? into the season. Do you feel like she at times weaponized it? Like to Bethany, I, and I say that because when she is screaming at Bethany and she's like, Bobby had his throat slit open. Oh. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like that was so visceral. And I was like, is she using this to like garner a little sympathy? It, do you feel like she was came in with a bad attitude because she'd had a heavy summer? Right. Like where, where do you think she was at on that? I think that Jill Zarin keeps score, as <laughs> Bethany said. And I think that she, I cannot imagine caring for someone who is going through cancer, especially if it's your long, your husband of so many years, this person who you don't know if the cancer is going to come. It's a lot. You cannot deny that at the very least, her nerves were frazzled going into this season. But I think it might've even been Luann who was like, honey, you didn't tell us all this stuff that was happening. It happened to be happening during the time the cameras were down. And I think that Jill made it a little bit of a test. Who is her real friend? Who is going to check in? Who is going to show Bobby the respect that he deserves? And so I think in terms of Bethany, she definitely weaponized it because she was so desperate to have one on Bethany after Bethany rejected her. I don't think she did it with the other women. And I, you know, I felt so much for her with the whole, because you can tell they, they genuinely do love each other. And every time I, I'm going to tear up now, every time Bobby gave her advice, every time Bobby told her to be the bigger person, and Jill actually took that advice, which to this, I'm sure nobody to this day can do that. That got me, that made me cry. There was also a moment where Bobby told her he'd, she'd always have him. Oh. I was like, oh my gosh, just gut punch me. Yeah. Okay, should we talk about Jill and Alex? A complicated relationship. <laughs> Jill does not want to like out. Al- yes, let's talk about Jill and Alex. Sorry. Uh, let me stop. Like, are you okay? Yes. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. So Jill and Alex, this was such a weird scenario because it had to do with parenting. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a parent, but I know you don't ever talk about other people's parenting styles, at least to their face. That's what I've learned. Or at least to someone who will gossip about it behind your back. What happened was at an event... Alex, um, who we know from last season, has two young sons. Uh, One of her kids was like very free, some might say undisciplined and unafraid, just crawling all around and was like crawling up a stranger's leg. And we had a scene early on in Housewives where we saw, you know, Alex isn't really super strict, at least with the boy's behavior in front of people. They'll kind of get up in your face, get in your space, touch your foot, whatever. And so Jill was making a comment about it because No matter what you say, Jill does not like Alex. (laughs) And Alex has always wanted to have one on Jill, but she hasn't really had one. So when this came out through Luann... Because Luann is the one who saw it. Joe wasn't even there, nor yes. was Alex. Yes, sorry. It was the boys with Simon climbing up a stranger's leg, and Luann witnessed it and told Jill. And Jill, at this event, is like, oh, I'm going to bring it up. And she did at this Saks Fifth Avenue event for Jill. 
uh, which I'm like, I also miss old housewives bullshit like that, where it's like, come to a party at Saks Fifth Avenue in my honor, and then I'm going to get a special credit card for Saks Fifth Avenue. Incredible. It's just New York upper crust society. But um, this comes up at the Saks Fifth Avenue party, and Alex is clearly embarrassed and infuriated. So I, I think for her, it's been year after year of people coming for her parenting. Right. Whether we agree with her parenting style or not, it's like they definitely have come for her. Right. And I think she, you know, she and Joe had their issues last year. So I think it's just re-triggers her in a way. It's unfinished business. And I'm like Alex, where if I don't feel like I have properly made you feel what I need you to feel about how what you did to me before, I will fester and I will wait for that moment. It might not be the way that Alex... <laughs> handled it but um she was really upset so there was an accusation that jill saw this and jill was spreading this around but in reality it was luann who saw it and told jill and then jill just decided to throw this in alex's face all this 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 stuff about her kids and the crux of it all was alex had just written this parenting book which we've talked about before about being a good modern parent and this directly gets in the way of that and that pissed Alex off and Jill says you might want to have a chapter in your parenting book on what to do when your kids come at people's legs and she's like laughing it off and then Alex's talking head she's like well I do have a chapter in the book called don't listen to the well-meaning morons and we are off to the races with these two <laughs> and Alex like you just said really holds on to that throughout the season but she hasn't quite found her voice to confront Jill and then you know back to Bethany and Jill saga and we spoke about earlier how Bethany asks Alex to deliver this message to Jill saying that she's done with her and Alex is like say less and I'm like she is galvanized and focused Literally. and she is ready to cut Jill down like she really put all of her personal energy in regards to Jill into Bethany saying that she wanted nothing to do with Jill she put her and whole she, pussy into delivering oh. this message she did she put on her Marvel superhero cape and said I'll do it babe and she did it in front of everyone <laughs> she did it in front of Everyone, Ramona, Kelly, like she did it in front of everyone. And she really clearly embarrassed Jill. And Jill from then was like done with Alex. So done. And it really set them on a path. I felt for Jill in that moment. The I, worst part about all of that. It was tough. I didn't remember the actual delivering of the line saying Bethany is done with you forever, etc. I didn't really remember that. I also think I blocked it out because of how awkward the delivery was because everyone kept talking over Alex because she was doing her thing where she fl flares up red when she gets really embarrassed and talks and flushed and whatever. She tried, I want to say four times to get this out. Because they don't take her seriously. No. But she, but what I will say with this, like she made them hear her she and did. I think it changes what she even says is this for in her talking head she's like this forever changes whatever relationship I have or don't have with Joe and I know that and I wouldn't have done that if I didn't know it yes and I was like oh I fell for the same trap I fell for the first time I watched this where I was like how are you falling for Bethany setting you up to do this and to take the heat and then I'm like no no nope it's not. This was all Alex. All she just Alex. she just needed it. As you said, she Alex say can less. Say no. No. Alex can yeah. say no. Like yes. she if she didn't want to do something, she wouldn't do it. If she felt something wasn't savory, she would let you know. Agreed. She wanted she just wanted an excuse. Yes. She just said, just give me <laughs> a reason. <laughs> And I love during that moment, too, where Ramona says to Alex, that wasn't nice. I'm like, Ramona, you are not one to talk. Yeah. Miss Delivery. <laughs> I was like, the gull. The gull. Oh, my goodness. So they have this moment. And... <laughs> 
<laughs> have this moment. And Jill obviously is fuming. She's embarrassed and whatnot. But it gives us an iconic Kelly moment. You know Kelly can spit out a one-liner every once in a while that just like really catches you by surprise. <laughs> and she is talking with Luann, I believe, and Jill after Alex has done this thing. And she's like, I said it. I said the messenger always gets killed. You know, I, I was kind of <laughs> making a joke, but that's basically what happens in literature. The messenger always gets killed. <laughs> Kelly in literature, Ben Simone. <laughs> My favorite part about that joke is us assuming Kelly can read. <laughs> that I was, took me out. Yeah. Was so good. Um, so this eventually leads to another confrontation later in the season between Alex and Jill. So at this point, like, Alex is dead to Jill. Like, she crossed her. She crossed her in front of people. She embarrassed her. Like, she, Alex is dead to Jill. So at the event at Jennifer's house where Jill is freaking out on Ramona for not telling her about Bethany's dad, Alex arrives to that party late. And you said this earlier, but the minute she gets there, she's like, Jill had texted her earlier in the day about <laughs> Bethany's dad. And she's like, how dare you? Sets the tone off. And then they start a confrontation, which delivers one of my favorite lines in the entire franchise. Oh. It is so good. Jill and Alex are going at it, sitting down, Kelly in between them, wanting to be anywhere but here, <laughs> perhaps somewhere reading a book in literature. And Alex says to Jill, you, well, because Jill keeps like cutting her off and this is really Alex finding her voice this season and not being like stepped all over. And Alex finally says to her, you are in high school. You are a mean girl and you are in high school. And while you are in high school, I am in Brooklyn trying to survive in this economy working. <laughs> When I tell you the serotonin boost, oh. even saying it now, it just, I and I didn't even know, and you know I love Alex. Yes. I didn't know she had that in her. I know. I did not know she had that in her. I don't think she did her, either. But she did, and I'm grateful for it. I love that it's so layered because it's, you're in high school, so you're immature. You're a mean girl. You're a mean girl. You're in high school. She's in Brooklyn. She's proud to be in Brooklyn. Famously, everyone makes fun of living in Brooklyn. Trying to survive in this economy. Economy. ten. Comma working. Ooh. It's so it's a great. She I, like I feel like that line does not get enough. Credit it doesn't. And it's, today it's incredible because you can tell it wasn't practice. Like Alex isn't the type of girl. It just came out and it just is so good. Like you said, it's so layered and she delivered it. I wouldn't say with athletic ease because she was really fighting for her life a little bit. But like it, she delivered it beautifully. She did that. She really did that. One of my favorite moments with Alex. It didn't necessarily have to do with her. It had to do with our favorite Bobby. <laughs> Bobby. Bobby walks up to her at a party, and this is shortly after Alex has made Jill cry over, you know, you're Bethany's done with you, mm. you're nobody, whatever. And Bobby walks up to Alex and is talking about how she really made Jill cry. And when Jill told Bobby what happened, Bobby says this to Alex, I said, Alex wouldn't do that. And I don't know what I was flooded with emotion because I'm like, oh, just like such a pure heart. <laughs> It's so pure, but also it's really it like it speaks to this arc that Alex is having too. It's like Bobby's right that Alex yeah. he knows would not do that, but Alex is growing into someone who doesn't she takes it on the chin a lot and she has for the past two and a half seasons and she has finally decided like I'm not going to let these women run all over me yeah so like the new Alex would do that yes the old one might not have but she can't come to the phone right now she she's <laughs> dead and she literally stood her ground yeah unlike Jill a lot of the times but she did stand her ground she didn't even respond really to Bobby she was just because Jill Jill just be saying things behind the scenes like I, I one thing I thought you were going to say is like when they were in the fashion show and Joe was like, when Alex walked out, I really expected a lot because she has the body of a fashion model, maybe not the face, but oh I don't know. God. why. And I was just like, 
like it's like little moments like that whereas if alex is going to give it to you delivery good or not <laughs> she's going to give it to you yes. which it, like it's interesting because jill is a version of that but this season she just wasn't no you know too big for her britches should we talk about Luann? Oh, let's talk about Luann. This is my favorite Luann, I have to say. This is so far this or is the period. End. No, this is my favorite. I have said on this podcast that there are three phases to Luann, just like there are three phases, three versions of Vicki Gunvalson of Orange County. Three. This is my, let's say four. <laughs> this is my favorite Luann because she's free. She's recently divorced. Her divorce is finalized during the filming of this season. She's dating around. She just looks happy healthy free i'm sure she was going through it at home because you know her marriage ended so publicly etc but she's also discovered a new talent of hers she's also become a little bit of a singer when that started happening i was like that's in this season too (laughs) (laughs) i loved luann because she was just you could tell that she was seeing what was happening with jill going after bethany and ramona and jill fighting each other and everyone going after alex and she was like i'm just gonna hang out and be the comedic relief with sonia who we'll get to but yeah she was mostly in her lane i actually felt really bad for luann this season because, like, you you can tell she's coming off of this huge change in her life, now being a single woman. And I felt like the women were kind of brutal to her. Oh, Luann like, versus everybody. This, like, yes. And I know this is a big thing that happens to her. And it's actually just really sad because it happens to her so many for so many years. And this is the start of it. Of them just, like slut shaming Mm -hmm. the hell out of this woman who is just trying to live her life and putting her business on front street in a way that like I was like that is just not particularly Bethany and Ramona both of them make claims that in Jill's marriage she was with other men and Ramona literally at one point when she's talking to Jill on the phone and doesn't know Luann is listening because Jill be putting it on speaker this season honey (laughs) says in regards to Luann she's been a slut the whole time she's been married and it's just like They came for her in a way that I didn't feel like, I didn't feel it was fair. No, and that would never happen today, the way that they treated her for that. The thing is with Luann, though, I mean, yes, I do feel bad for her, but on the other, she's just basically another version of Sonia, very, very sexually free, whatever. She's very European that way, even though she's very much not European, but she's just Luann, and she's a sexual person, and... She hints at it. She never rubs it in your face. The problem is Luann still thinks she's better than everybody else. And she does have no problem rubbing that in everybody's face. And we kind of love her for it. I mean, she is one of my favorite housewives because she lives on another planet. And that's what I love about her. I just think it bothers the women because she so rarely humbles herself. She never says, you know, well, things are going horrible with, you know, my ex-husband, Alex. He's still with that Ethiopian princess. The papers are saying this about me. I'm having a hard time with my kids. She's always just like, darling, let's just do this. Darling, let's be proper. It's very annoying. I would be annoyed. I love Luann so much. I would never want to film with her. For sure. I feel like in the premiere when Bethany said, you know, she was like, I'm thinking to myself, you're in regards to Luann, your house does not have one inch that's not glass and I'm going to take a rock and I'm going to bust <laughs> through every window right now, which it, I, you know, and we start the season with them having yeah. that all out brawl where she, where Bethany's like, you've slept with men in your mate, like, you know, and it really, I, and Luann just, and that's it. This is the thing I love about Luann is she can just take it. Oh, yes. Luann will just 
take it and she will be like you will not be able to exactly read what on her face if how much it's hurting her like she will just absorb and i find that to be a skill yes and it's incredible but and i love even though that she and bethany started out really rocky uh one might say <laughs> uh they came to they it's it's interesting because i also realized this season i was like oh bethany hates luann no bethany <laughs> like, hates bethany luann cannot stand luann because Be- luann never bows down to bethany and that's bethany why cannot stand it she cannot stand luann no, i love it and that so was much. so apparent this i love that luann like gets under her skin like that because that's hard to do well actually that's easy to do with bethany but it's like hard to do it and for bethany actually du- it's hard the, to piggyback off of that i feel like it's easy to get under Bethany's skin, but Bethany always gets the best of someone, feels good, and moves on. She could never get the best of Luann, mm. and she fucking tried. She mm. really did. And Luann is like, I am a lady. You can say whatever you want to me, and I will respond to you calmly and throw a weird little insult in my transatlantic <laughs> accent sometimes. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But they, you know, after Bethany got engaged, they had that little moment where, you know, Luann was honest and she was like, my feelings were hurt. And Bethany actually apologized. And I felt like they got to a decent place. Yeah. I also love the moment where we got to see someone in Luann's life that isn't on The Housewives, someone we both love, Rosie, her former Rosie. nanny housekeeper, yeah. person who ran her house. I was sad that Rosie wasn't on the season. And even though I thought she was annoying rich woman, can you write down that fish recipe? It's like, have you asked how she's doing? You know, I mean, we didn't see their entire visit. <laughs> she but kept the weight off. She, she made sure to tell her <laughs> yeah. that. I was like, Luann. I know. But I love Rosie being like, she seems very tough, but she's very sensitive. Like, yeah. it that that was nice because you don't see that from Luann. We're seeing layers of Luann. And like, I, one of my, when I also think of the earlier seasons and when I think of this season in particular, I also flash Bethany and Red again, but I also flash to the Pamela Rowland show. Lisa Renna oh. jump scare. Oh. Um, I literally wrote Lisa Renna jump scare in this. Shut up. I'm not kidding you. I literally also wrote Lisa Renna jump scare. That is so funny. Hilarious. But um, at the Pamela Rowland show, Lisa Renna jump scare. And <laughs> uh, whenever Bethany calls her a snake and yeah. that like intense exchange that they have. But why I love it so much as a set piece is because they are truly just in the middle of this fashion show going like Bethany is. Go- and Bethany does this. She like go- foams at the mouth, goes <laughs> in on someone. We'll call you everything but a white woman and <laughs> just just call today and sit down and watch the show and then kelly being kelly uh then says uh bethany can we change spot so that bethany is right smack dab next to luann i was like okay kelly being a producer you don't even yeah. know it because you just aren't equipped um <laughs> but yeah i so i do love that like fashion show scene yes. i think it's an incredible housewife scene and when she's like let's not do this here you know it, it's... where are we at a church exactly. we're at a fashion show I know. oh my gosh her and jacques shall we talk we about that Jacques. I love Jacques. I love Jacques. Oh. And I, okay, I gotta say it. I gotta say it. Part of me wondered, I was like, how new is the Jacques room? Is this a Vicky yeah. and Brooke situation? Yeah. I was like, did they? Because it just happened, like, Luann went on a date or two, sure. And then by the end of the season, Jacques came into the picture. But then it happened, like, he was her boyfriend. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like, and granted, we do not know the exact circumstances of her marriage. They could no. have been separated for a long time I before they, they actually were. divorced. So I was like, oh, has Jacques been in the picture? We're just getting to meet him. If you notice during this season, there's multiple times where someone is talking shit about her ex-husband, Alex, and someone's bringing up infidelity in marriage, whatever. She never speaks poorly of him in explicit terms. 
I thought initially, oh, it has to do, you know, they are still figuring out spousal support, et cetera. But I think it's because for everything that she could say about him, he could say it about her too. Mm. And there's not really a sense of betrayal in him seeing other women that you would expect from Luann. And especially with her being so prim and proper and things have to be a certain way. That makes no sense that Luann would be kind of even-headed about it or level-headed about it. I agree with you completely. When Jacques came into the picture, there was an intimacy there that did not happen in what, three weeks? That's not not what happened. Because she says that the last few years of her marriage were really tough and she was basically trying to hide it while on the show. Yeah. And so, like, I think there's absolute truth to that. Yeah. Um, But I did love seeing him because I do love me some Jacques. I know. So Jacques, for people who might not remember, is Luann's first boyfriend on the show that she introduces post-divorce. She brings him up in the season finale when she is performing her song which we'll get to that but she went to a psychic or something with Jill and this psychic predicted that she would end up with someone who's name starts with the letter J and she I mean the way that she reacted I'm like girl you already have someone I was, with the letter she did. J she, yeah. said, she was like oh the person I'm kind of talking to now yes. has a J yeah that's that's right uh, should we talk about her hit Madonna single talk about it money can buy you class mm, mm, money mm. can buy I'm not gonna keep doing it god that is a catchy song <laughs> I need to get like three words wrong, which won't be hard for me. Money can't buy you ass. Lies. (laughs) Pathological. Lies detected. (laughs) Allegedly, Allie. So Luann this season, as she is going through the divorce, finding herself, finding a new pied de terre, as some rich people might call it, a new apartment I was like, like, did Heather Dubrow enter the chat? No, that is such a Heather Dubrow thing. But she's trying to find a new place. She's moved out of her townhouse, whatever. She's going through all these changes, but... A music producer has talked to her and I guess convinced her or is helping her produce a hit single. And this hit single is called Money Can't Buy You Class. Listen, that he does. It's, that he does. It is such a good jingle. I'm glad Tardy for the Party could walk so Money Can't Buy You Class could run. Wow, say that. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. How far we've come with Housewives songs. I remember when I first listened to it, I was horrified because I was expecting her to have a half decent voice. I was not expecting, like, I mean, look, you know how I feel about Joe De La Rosa, Orange County. I'm but not going to say it. I'm not going to say that it. That girl, that I want to be your girl. Stop, you said it. <laughs> you know how I feel haunts about. Me. Haunts you, me. You know how I feel about Joe, but she could kind of sing. It wasn't my vibe, but she yeah. could kind of sing. Luann truly cannot. But she Even owns her, it. Uh, she owns every bit of it. And right. I love that. It's, it's so Luann owning the delusion. I mean, auto, nothing. Uh, yeah, exactly. Nothing the auto-tune can't fix. I really loved this, watching it this time. The first time I really was so disturbed that she would do this and not be embarrassed. And now I'm like, I love like i know who this this. woman is and i'm here for the ride yes yes my jaw was on the ground the first time i watched it because i'm like how is she not bullied off the show for doing this and here i am it's on two of my spotify playlists yeah (laughs) joke is on me and we know that she continues to sing and this continues to be a part of her personality her on the show this musician madonna side to her what did she call herself i'm not madonna but i could be you know the female barry white <laughs> again playing into the joke of it i love it and I there love was it. something so like sentimental about seeing her on stage for yes. the first time too i just to know who she is now and how she really has made that a career for herself yeah. i was very proud yeah i agree and i wish that she the only thing that i felt like i was missing from luann this season was hearing and seeing more about her 
family and her upbringing and just really connecting with that post-divorce, I think that would have made her storyline even more special instead of her just continuing to save face and be the countess. She did have that little moment with Victoria that I loved where they're talking about Kelly doing Playboy and and years prior, Luann had done a Playgirl cover, which Iconic. is incredible. Yes. <laughs> which is incredible. And, you know, she's talking to Victoria and asking her how she would feel if Luann were to do Playboy, not that she's been asked. Um, <laughs> and Victoria's like, I don't care. She already knows that some of her guy friends think, thinks her mom is attractive. And Lu- <laughs> Luann goes, oh, Victoria, they do? What do they say? <laughs> Classic Luann. Classic Luann. Tell me, what are they, what are they saying? <laughs> what do they say? I can picture it because it's it was a camera from behind, like in the back seat. Yes. And I very clearly remember going, what are they saying? And it was the pause to it's like, oh, Victoria. Yes. They do? <laughs> Here's to you, Mrs. Robinson is all I have to say Oh, my that. gosh. I live for her. So good. God. Ramona wishes. <laughs> Luann and Ramona. Oh, Luann and Mario. Luann and Mario. That was really Lu- Luann's only other like big thing I feel like that happened this yeah. season is we come into the season and she is already kind of at odds, particularly with Mario, but obviously that'll bleed into Ramona because Ramona cannot admit fault in any capacity. Um, because <laughs> they were at an event and Luann was getting her photograph taken and the photographer said, Countess, Countess. And apparently Mario was like, Countless. <laughs> And, and Luann overheard Mario. this and it really hurt her feelings. Yeah. And we kind of, she comes into the season with that energy and Mario just like won't apologize for it. He, you know, he's just like, he's I was, husband, of he was like, not. I was making a joke. I didn't say it to her face. Like it was literally, not. yes, it's literally there. No wonder they were married for so long. Oh my but gosh. That was, I did feel bad for Luann at that point because not only was she going through this public divorce and at that point in the season looking bad, she didn't really have a ton of allies except for Jill and she was having to fight people making fun of her for sticking with her countess title, which mm. is something to this day that is still a thing. People be coming for Luann. People and- be coming for the countess. <laughs> and she made it very clear, even though they divorced, she gets to keep it as an honorary title. Is that what it is? Unless she remarries. Unless she remarries. But don't get it twisted. You can always count on the countess. <laughs> I also loved the little moment when Luann and Mario were kind of making up, but not really because Mario never apologized. And they wanted to do it kind of subtly in the middle of a party and not with Ramona involved. And so they start speaking Italian to each other. That was great. Our bilingual queen. I love that. I I could a woman not, of the world. I could not remember. Dorit who? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, literally Dorit who. But I completely forgot that Mario is like fluent in Italian. I was like, who is she talking to? Is this like dubbed over? And I'm like, no, Mario was speaking Italian. Not I just dubbed. Absolutely forgot. So love that little moment. It was great. Um, should we talk about Sonia? Sonia. Oh my goodness, Allie. There was a time before Sonia. I, no, there no. wasn't. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I, one thing I will say is I loved Sonia so much and I forgot, and Sonia still is stunning and gorgeous, but anytime she was on my screen, I was just like, this woman is beautiful. Oh. She is so like just stunning and effortlessly chic and flawless and cool. And I want to be her friend and I want to laugh with her and her tell me to jokes and braid my hair. Yes. Like I just, like I just loved this woman. This is, you know, I won't talk about the reunion too much. I feel like that needs its own situation. But the fact that after they played Sonia's clip package in the reunion, all of her greatest hits, and there were so many, the fact that she was a first time housewife, all of the housewives clapped for her who, when has that happened? When is the last time that has happened? Listen, I, I can't think of what a time. I, not everyone can be the straw that stirs the drink. <sighs> I knew you were going to love that. When Sonia Morgan walks into the room, I'm still the straw that stirs the drink. It's Said classic. perfectly. 
flawless. She and she, what I love about her is she also was more grounded in these early bits than yes. I remember. And I felt like she was a great person to really center us in a way because there was just so much happening. Yes. And she, because she was not, she wasn't new to the group because she was friends with a lot of these women before yeah. the season, but she was new to the group for us. So she could give commentary and offer perspective that I feel like the audience was probably feeling. I couldn't agree more. I, <laughs> I remember thinking in the middle of watching her again for the first time if you would have told me that a housewife would come onto the scene and say my psychic told me to get liposuction I would be like I don't want them on the show get walk away she's so like you said grounded effortless she was made for the show and I I also love just how she's like I love men yeah she was just sex positive she was so sex positive and we loved her for it and and she did not care what anyone else thought and also cracked me up like the very first scene we meet her Luann clocking the picture of Max who dated Kelly last season and also not Luann playing producer the minute Luann gets Kelly and Sonia in front of each other literally the first chance she gets she brings up Max to both of them I was like oh a producer I love that. (laughs) I forgot. I guess I always thought that Sonia and Ramona were so close immediately and attached at the hip immediately. I forgot that Luann and Sonia also had such good chemistry in the yeah, beginning. such good chemistry. They yeah. were so great. And Sonia, you know, she didn't really have a lot of drama this season. Her one thing, one could argue, is the little bump with Kelly of her yeah. being kind of annoyed that Kelly wouldn't admit that she had slept with Max. Because, like, you know, Sonia is someone who's so sex positive. I feel like Kelly doesn't talk about her private life in that way. So it just, like, they weren't going to mesh there. But she was just such a light for me. She really was. I agree. And even when Jill said something rude about her, like, if you stick your tongue down her throat she'll let you sit or something like that she took a dig at Sonia or took a shot at Sonia and Sonia was like I get it I just thought it wasn't very nice you know she she's it's no skin off her back to be such an effortless forgiving chill ass well housewife I also really appreciate the fact and this can segue us into Kelly and to Scary Island (sighs) we have to I really appreciated the fact that at that Scary Island dinner Sonia was the one being like okay something is like we need to stop because someone is unwell right I mean the irony of her saying that (laughs) listen I that's the thing I don't remember her being that because we know Sonia now she was so grounded in a way that I kind of miss I love Sonia now I do and all her shenanigans but I missed how centered she was in that way I think that again there was no fame she was known in her circles her in the infamous townhouse her the thing that she cannot get rid of and the townhouse is a character in the Real Housewives of New York City that is a character, another unspoken housewife. And so I loved seeing her in that environment. And she did bring up her ex-husband a good amount, but not to a point where I felt uncomfortable. But yeah. it, it made me sad that this version of Sonia doesn't go on for very much longer, though I do love all versions of Sonia. Of course. She's great. Let's talk about Kelly. Let's we talk already talk about my least favorite housewife on the planet. We had we already talked about her doing Playboy a bit. You know, that was a big thing for her getting to do the Playboy cover. And it was kind of fun to see her do her photo shoot and, you know, own her sexuality in that way. I did enjoy that. But I feel like the biggest thing with Kelly this season was, of course, her and Bethany and Scary Island. Yes. Do you want to take that away? I feel like you're itching. I'm itching. I also think we should maybe frame it a little bit. Um, going into Scary Island, Kelly is coming into the season with um, accusations, literal accusations to the police department from her boyfriend, accusing her of physical violence, which she is very much denying that. She is wearing fur after Bethany has done her no fur campaign. She's saying things like, Peter isn't saying 
saying don't wear fur. They're saying don't abuse animals. And so I'm not abusing animals. I'm just wearing fur. Do I wear fur? Yes. Do I support the abuse of animals? Absolutely not. And she also her being like, it's amazing to have an organization like PETA, but I've always been a great fur wearer. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. It is so effed up. But that is Kelly is seeming very jumbled this season. Yeah. Last season, we saw her in her own world and in her own sort of delusion, much like Luann. But something was off this season and this is kind of going into scary island so scary island was actually a celebration that ramona was throwing in honor of her upcoming vow renewal it's at saint john's i mean we get there ramona is showing off her swimsuits bethany's a little calmer she's pregnant at this point her father's passed away just i think days before this act this trip yeah luann's not there jill's not there and it's supposed to be just kind of a chill environment with alex sonia Ramona and Bethany and it turns out to be anything but that because from moment one Kelly is extremely uncomfortable it seems you know from an outsider's perspective it's almost like you're like did she roofie herself you're a little bit like what is she okay legitimately as someone who does not like her on the show I was like I would literally be like does she need to be put on a psych hold she was arguing from minute one about should the girls wear bikinis while they eat their food I hate doing that and then she's picking on people for not saying what she wants and she's saying comebacks like you know what satchels of gold satchels of gold making absolutely no sense similar to me right now and it's you know I think that she also got off on the wrong foot because she came into this trip defending the enemy of the group Jill Zarin yeah because at this point the group is really divided and Kelly is kind of the only one representing the Jill Zarin side so she I think came in with a defensiveness and Kelly already has this like a bit this aloof sense about her (laughs) and that was just the crank the knob to 10 yeah because of the weird group dynamic i think for the first night everyone's already like kelly you need to go put yourself in time out they're very uncomfortable with her they're on a yacht the rooms looked horrible by the way i literally could not stop thinking about how terrible those rooms looked never put me on a yacht (laughs) but but whatever and everyone's supposed to be having fun chilling drinking whatever Alex and Bethany, of course, first one's there having a good time laughing about Kelly having a little freak out, but no one's really thinking about it. They're just kind of like, Kelly's just uncomfortable because she didn't have anybody here. No one's attacking her. No one's being mean to her. Any chance that she gets, she attacks somebody. She calls pregnant Bethany a hoe bag for no reason while she carries in shots of coffee Patron, which that says everything you need to know about her. Take these shots of alcoholic liquid coffee. It's like, what? And, uh... Yeah, she's she's making no sense. She also, because, you know, she can't stand Bethany and vice versa, had this, like, weird obsession over whether Bethany is a cook or a chef. Yes. And kept, like, bringing it up, literally bringing Bethany to tears, which was interesting. Because, like, I think everyone's just exhausted at this point in the season. Everyone. And Bethany had been through a lot, and, like, there was a lot going on. And she would not let go over this notion that Bethany is not a chef. Because Bethany hasn't worked for anyone that she knows. So therefore, Bethany cannot be a chef. But she's bringing it up to an obsessive point where people don't even want to respond to her. It's just insane. But, you know, at a certain point, Bethany and Alex are like laughing about Kelly. This is in the first couple nights. Like Bethany at one point says, it was a gift from Jesus to make me laugh. The entire freak out with Kelly. It's people are just kind of taking it with levity. I mean, Ramona is out there swimming, shouting to people on the boat while she's in the water in scuba gear where's the fish i saw nothing if i get my hair wet i want to see something there is just weirdness everyone is consciously trying to have a good grounded time except for kelly and then we get to the night 
to the infamous night. So after Bethany has taken a lot of heat for not being a cook, Bethany does this thing, which this is a Bethany thing. I can't say I wouldn't do it, but she doubles down, has to prove herself. So she joins the chefs in the kitchen. They're her sous chefs and she cooks. She directs everybody, cooks every, helps cook everything, puts everything together and prepares like a beautiful meal for everybody, which is really upsetting to Kelly because it makes her look dumb. And Kelly has also declared she's not eating any processed foods, but is constantly referring to like gummy bears and jelly beans and people are like what yeah it's people are very confused by the words coming out of her mouth which are not complete sentences interestingly enough though like bethany is making this elaborate dinner and the cut of meat that kelly gets has a string tied around it and is also super raw and bethany bethany clocks it over kelly's shoulder and she's like uh let me let me see that um (laughs) takes it away because grills her a new piece of meat kelly is having cutting trouble cutting into it and bethany like is looking at it and realizes that it's not servable and takes it from her which i thought i was like what are the odds what are the odds nightmare for bethany and then kelly in her confessional is like you know this isn't to be mean but her food really is not that good but her salad dressing was amazing Amazing. I'm thinking to myself, she could be like Paul Newman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kelly, she does have those good lines. But then the downward spiral begins. I mean, there are lines that she's, you know, flying out there because people are talking about their feelings. What's going on? Bethany's just lost her father. Jill's not there. There's an elephant in the room. And anytime someone talks, she's like, oh, what do you, got? you guys are so annoying. You guys are not real. You're not authentic. She says the, this whole feelings thing, it's, it's like it's 1979. She's acting like a 13-year-old who just got her period. She's not making any sense. She's very emotional she's on like a loud seemingly bad phone call while they're settling down to this nice dinner that bethany has prepared for them ramona doesn't ask her to get off the phone it isn't mean to her she just asked her to take it inside and she was like no not guys no not this not this i read online that it's because her kids called her and they hated their nanny and they were throwing a fit wanting her to come home so to give kelly a tiny benefit of the doubt this is the only time i'm going to say this this entire episode for her she was feeling the stress of her kids being unhappy and she clearly didn't want to be on scary island as she called it at st john's anymore I love that she's the one who gave it the name yes i love that she's the one because it like gives her a little like she gets to claim a little piece of it i'm here by myself i'm alone on scary <laughs> island with no friends i mean she can deliver a line sometimes she can she calls jill and is just saying she's had dreams about bethany murdering her killing her with a butter knife yeah and she, she says it at the table too yeah and she says to alex she's like you know, I've had dreams of, you know, Bethany killing me because she's tried to kill me so many times before. And Alex is like, when has Bethany tried to kill you? And that's when they were starting to realize like something is not okay. Right. And then she was just going on and on about Alex's makeup and how she wasn't real until she wiped off what she referred to Alex's kabuki makeup. Um, and I was like, what? Everyone was very disturbed by it because she thought it was funny. She Every story ends with she's saving everyone. No one is being authentic except for her. And it was just it was babble people kept leaving the table because she was taking shots at everyone anytime someone talked to her they she would find a way to basically frame them as a piece of shit so pairs would go into the kitchen laugh about it which i'm sure didn't feel good i'm sure but she was also attacking everybody and she was always stuck with sonia the only one who could take her and poor sonia was like don't leave me right (laughs) and there was a point where ramona and bethany were trying we're having like a little makeup and like ramona goes to sit on bethany's lap and kelly's like oh my gosh you guys gonna make out 
with tongue, like little things like that. And then this leads to like the iconic line, which which <laughs> I don't understand why it's so iconic. I must say, controversial opinion. Wow, this is your a little family van moment. Like, Maybe, yes. but like Bethany yells, go to sleep, go to sleep. And I'm like, sure, yes. Like you're clearly having some sort of mental something like go to bed. But I guess I don't, I'm like, it, I'm like, it's great. Bethany said way funnier things to me. I think it's not really that it's Bethany. I think it's it encapsulated the moment so perfectly. She's sh- so Kelly has stopped eating her dinner. She doesn't like her dinner or something. She's looking off into the distance. She's messing with her hair. She's very disheveled. Something is clearly wrong. The women are all kind of trying to appeal to her, trying to make sense of what she's saying. And everyone has kind of realized Kelly's not well. We need to like lay off. And Kelly will not stop talking about how she doesn't want to be here with everybody. They're not authentic. She feels bad for them. That's me being generous with it. What she was saying she kept bringing up al sharpton she well that isn't that because bethany went um uh, bethany said something yeah that reminded her of an al sharpton quote Mm -hmm. it's just it's very jumbled at this point and so she's staring straight at bethany as she says this i don't like you she says something like bethany tries to make people feel bad so she could feel better which is not a good quality that's her classic thing talking about good qualities and everybody everyone has bad qualities only she has good qualities it's very frustrating so she's saying this to Bethany. i don't want to be here i don't want to be here and bethany says then go to sleep go to sleep (laughs) and it's i say to my boyfriend or my fiance i say that to him all the time because it so perfectly was like you're putting yourself in this situation. No one is forcing you to be at this dinner table. Two hours ago, you could have just been like, I don't want to leave my room. But Kelly, the second she got to her room, there was very nicely, Bethany had put together a big bag of skinny girl swag. I don't know what very nicely, I but. Was about to, sorry, my eyes rolled yeah, back. No, it did. And I, I heard myself and I am embarrassed. But I was like, oh, you know, free stuff, whatever. And when Kelly sees it, she's like, what is, what is this? And then starts crying on the bed Yeah, because she's upset. And I think it's genuinely that no one can measure up to the power of Bethany and they know how they're going to look on the cameras being against Bethany. And I think whatever issue she was having before then, yeah. And Kelly, you know, the next day she leaves. Like she goes home, you know, whether that was production intervention or whether she was actually going home to be with her daughters because the nanny, like she does leave the situation. And then we have Bethany... Ramona, Sonia, and Alex relaxing, getting <laughs> getting pedicures, getting a, a little treatment before they enjoy a peace and relaxation and a nice little beach day yes. when suddenly they hear, hi, surprise, <laughs> and in walks in Jill Zarin, oh. wanting to surprise them on their last day. And this was a huge deal because Jill was invited to this trip initially. All the stuff went down between Jill and Alex, and everyone was just tense about it. I mean, they just came from the day before. Kelly walked walking around rambling, you guys are all white noise. You guys are all white noise. And everyone's like, what? We're just trying to have a good time. And they finally get their pedicure moment. They're having such a good day. And then Jill came in and I'm sure, well, immediately Alex starts shaking as if somebody like walked in and was trying to hold them hostage. I love Alex, but doing too much. It was Doing too much. But I do sort of get that their nerves were probably shot and frayed from everything that had been happening for days. And they all had said we didn't sleep because nobody had expected Kelly to be gone. I personally think based off of comments from their union, she was escorted and taken home because I'm sure she wasn't making sense to production either you know but Jill walking in and saying you invite I thought you'd be happy to see me she has rerouted her plane where is she going St. Bart yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. with Bobby and she thinks let me surprise the girls even though Kelly has said this is the trip from hell let me surprise the girls and show up when every single person there is mad at me 
I just, I don't know what the thought process was. And they reject her. She wanted a moment. That's what the thought process was. She wanted a moment. And they could not give it she to her. She was losing her grip. Yes. Like she, like she wanted a moment. And a moment she got. Yes. I mean, just it came back, it literally came back a decade later in Girls Trip. Like, yes. A moment she got. But she wanted to, she wanted the camera time. I think, and I think everyone was like, Jill, camera time after everything we've been through? Absolutely freaking not. What I loved was Bethany literally shutting her eyes, pretending to be somewhere else the entire time. She, she was like, I will not be dealing with this. No, Thank you. no. Checking out. Gone. And Sonia was the only one maybe making an effort. Ramona was, when Ramona covered his face, oh my God, uh, I can't believe that. It's, it's, I did feel bad for Jill. That doesn't feel good for, for anybody. For sure. That would be but, a, a, a more embarrassment. She's been taking the hits a little bit the second half of the season. Yes. And like, she, yeah, it would, it, it would be tough. It would yes. be tough. I felt a little bad too, but yeah. <laughs> it's just bad. Um, but yeah, that, and her saying, oh, we spent a fortune to come here and this is how you treat me. And then throwing herself into Bobby's arms. They're so <laughs> mean. And her being like, you didn't offer me a drink of water. You didn't offer me a bathroom. Like, oh. it, like you know. That was a decent point. Playing it up. Oh, for but sure. Also playing but she's it also up. playing it up. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and those are the ladies. Those are the ladies. What an insane season. And what a great cast. Beautiful cast. Even Like, everyone brought a little something. A plus plus. Okay, let's talk about the reunion. We have to talk about the reunion. The first three-part reunion in Housewives history, honey. I mean, judging from the length of this episode, <laughs> I can't imagine them trying to condense everything in two episodes. So, yeah, I, I think it, it was definitely a very good three-parter. There was almost no dead air. Honestly, some at some point I was thinking it could have been a four-parter. There was so much to talk yeah. about. Can but, I, um, yeah. Can I say one thing? Yeah. Listen, not to defend Kelly, because I'm not... This. I'm sorry. I'm so tired. You know how you gave Kelly Grace a minute ago? You had your okay, one moment. You're right. This is my one. Okay. I did feel it's so interesting because in the reunion when Kelly is talking about systemic bullying, I didn't feel personally that what happened on Scary Island was that. Because mm-hmm. Kelly was giving as good as she got. Agree. But I will say at the reunion, I was a little frustrated because Kelly could not talk without Bethany jumping in or saying this or Agreed. saying that. And Ramona a bit too, but really it was Bethany. And I was like, Y'all are proving her point in this moment. Right. Literally in, in real time. And Andy said that. Let her say a sentence. Yes. So that was my one little like Kelly thing of like, okay, y'all like let her speak. I agree. I, I have to say I do agree with that. I will say another positive Kelly thing. I don't really know why we're doing this, but the way that she's... This was not the intention. No, but the way that she stands firm in all of her horrible convictions, whatever they may be, I might do this one day. And I might do this one day. She is obviously, you know, a hypocrite in so many ways doing this. I could wear fur one day. I could be a vegetarian one day, whatever. At least she kind of owns it in her own weird delusional way. What I hated about the reunion was that it was basically the Jill apology tour. Every single thing she apologized for. And I'm like, stand up for yourself. But they also saw right through that. I know, but like, it was annoying. It's just like, it's what we say. It's so annoying to be against one person. She was in tears the whole time. She knew that she was not popular anymore. The women did not like her. And everyone flipped on her. Everyone revealed. I'm not going to say every single housewife. I would say more than half of the housewives revealed that Jill had instructed them to not film with Bethany so that they could tank her show. And that is who Bethany has been saying Jill has been. Which... I don't think we really saw this season. We only heard about it via, you know, like the, through the lore of whatever. But 
that was a shocking moment for me. I remember gasping the first time that I saw it. I gasped again when I saw it this It time. was the game behind the scenes, which is something that fascinates me in Housewives. I really think about Beverly Hills when I think about the game a lot. Yeah. But like there's always a game being played behind the scenes in these shows. Even if it's a show like Potomac where it is all on the line on camera, there's still always a sliver of something behind the scenes. Agreed. And that is, we saw it in real time, like come to the surface. And it's so interesting too because... Jill was sitting there with her hair teased, and <laughs> I, I don't think this was actually in the episode. I feel like I read this in Dave Quinn's book, Not All Diamonds and Rosé, but apparently Bethany looked at Jill at a certain point and was like, off of, like, Andy complimented her hair or something, and Bethany was like, you used to be just like a little girl from Long Island, and who have you become? And I think that is devastating, and yeah. it's so true, like... Like, Jill, it was the mean, the mean Girls thing was yeah. perfect earlier. That is who Jill was in this reunion. My other little tiny reunion thing is I love Andy kind of getting his little moment of because he needed to do it. Andy as a Jewish man, yes. kind of coming for Luann. I'm being, glad you bring this up. Kind of coming for Luann being like, during the season you said uh, if Alex, who the Count, her ex-husband, found out you were with a Jewish man, he'd have a heart attack. And he was like, uh, excuse me. And Luann tried to wiggle her way out of that as best she could and she couldn't. No. I she was, didn't even really try, I felt. Probably because she didn't feel the weight of cancel culture now. But that yeah. was so messed up. It was so messed up. I, that was, I was like, don't talk about and that she enough. just said it like during the season. She yeah. Said it like it was just a fact of the day. And I was like, Luann, yeah. do you hear yourself? That's not okay. No. And also, don't you realize that beyond the fact that it's just deeply offensive and it's so offensive to the community, I imagine, it's like you just threw your husband under the bus and you don't even realize it because you're so far up your own ass. You don't realize what that does to people when you say things like it, that. You make it okay mm -hmm. for people to be like, oh, let me make a joke about being with a Jewish guy. It's un it's ridiculous. And I love Andy calling her out. So glad he took her to task. So I'm, I also am so glad. Um, I also am glad that Kelly clarified that she did not have a breakdown, that she had a breakthrough. I'm personally... I was happy about that. Um, that Look at you having a little Kelly I moment. I was joking. That was me being oh. sarcastic. I was like, why aren't you laughing? <laughs> Clearly you didn't deliver it as a joke. No, no I because it's insane. I repeatedly, I, well, a breakthrough. You, I, yeah. I, uh, it's scary. Anyway, moving on. Can we talk about our favorite underrated moments? There yes. are so many. Oh my gosh. You start. Okay. okay. I have a couple. Uh, here's my first one. Please don't say it's about gender. <laughs> Not gender pooping everywhere. everywhere. Oh my gosh, I left my body. I would have left my body. TBT, when we actually lost our marbles, had a full Kelly Ben Simone and fucking lost it. It's about gender. <laughs> um, my actual one is, and this cracked me up, but after Jill has run away... Because Ramona didn't tell her that Bethany's dad was dying. She is sobbing at Jennifer's house. And she has run into a room that we don't quite know what the room is. And Kelly <laughs> follows her in. And we're just hearing the audio on the from the outside of the door. And we hear Joe going, oh, Ramona, why would she do that? She's such a bitch. And then a pause. And she's like, looks around. And she's like, nice pantry. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one that's such a good one incredible oh god i feel like all of ours are gonna be jill's mine is jill a jill and luann moment my next one this is while everyone's on scary island jill is updating luann at lunch about everything that's happening and she's talking about you know i think i'm gonna go and luann's like i don't think you should do that and jill's like you know what i'm i'm gonna go and then jill says to luann 
I hope I don't have to call you for a rescue mission. And then Luann goes, darling, I'm not coming. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, don't get it twisted. Yeah, it's so funny. Okay, my next one is a Bethany and Luann moment, actually. And it's from the premiere. (laughs) And Bethany's talking to Luann. And she's like, you know, I've been really focused on work. You Mind you, she pulled up to this lunch in a skinny girl convertible. Jason was driving and dropped her off. And Bethany's like, I've really been focusing on work. And Luann's like, I know. I saw you pull up in the skinny girl car. That's hysterical. And then after a beat, you drive that around town? (laughs) Oh my gosh, she's so good. She is so good. I mean, it is embarrassing to drive that car around, but who cares? It was it was such a that was a perfect example of Luann thinks she's better than everyone else. And, <laughs> and it was oh. just delivered deliciously. So you drive perfectly. that around town? <laughs> my next one. <laughs> I'm getting myself together. My next one, it's Jill in regards to Alex delivering a message on behalf of Bethany that she's <laughs> Stop it. And then Jill in tears, during, in her confessional, says, I will never forgive her for that. I might forget, though, because I forget everything. But I will never forgive her for that. <laughs> that was A+. Plus. And it's adjacent to the pantry comment. Oh it's gosh. just like sadness, sadness. Oh, comment. Back to say It's so good. And it's so funny because it's just like the reverse of most other people. Yes. People being like, you know, I, I, I'll forgive, but I will never forget. <laughs> Which, it was great. So good. Okay, so my next one is... <laughs> when Kelly is on the streets interviewing people for Gotham magazine. <laughs> we didn't even talk about that. And she's asking she's asking the people she's interviewing um, you know, different questions and she's talking to these two little boys. So it's cut between the different people she's talking to. She's talking to these all these men and she's asking them if they're wearing any underwear and then it cuts to her talking to the little boys and she's like um she was like are you wearing any underwear and then there's a a pregnant pause pregnant pause pregnant pause and she was like you know i'm not gonna ask i howled i was like kelly oh Oh my goodness oh my god (laughs) i forgot all about that Um, My next one is in regards to Sonia. And this is a fight that Kelly had with everyone um, when she equated one night stands with being uh, a hoe, uh, unprotected sex, being a slut. Literally just say, I'm a Midwestern girl, I'm a Midwestern girl, blah, 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 blah. And she's talking about how she's never had a one night stand and she never would. She's just a nice Midwestern girl. And then Sonia says, who wants to die tomorrow and say I haven't had a one night stand? Seriously. (laughs) She said what she said. She She meant what she meant. She meant what she meant. (laughs) Okay, I have two more. So this one is just a little small thing, but it cracked me up. And it's when Bethany finds out that she's pregnant and she calls her friend Stephanie and she's just like being Bethany. She's like, what, 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 I, what am I supposed to do now? And Stephanie, unenthused and kind of monotone, is just like, you're supposed to continue living your life. <laughs> just so, I was like, who's Stephanie? It was just so funny to me. I put her on camera. I also loved that. <laughs> she just wanted to have a moment so badly, which is why it annoyed me. I'm sure she had been doing that calling people. And I'm like, Bethany, you always got to set this and up. And Stephanie was just like... No. Give her an apple and a black dose and put her in the title card, honey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, my last one is a Kelly and Bethany moment. It was one of the times that Kelly was saying something dumb around Bethany. And then Bethany, who is still dealing with the death of her father, everything that's going on, she says, well, if there's anyone that can pull me out of the doldrums, it's Kelly with her intuitive, astute insight. <laughs> so when Bethany good. reads... Oh. <laughs> 
my last one <laughs> is when Jill is um, on the phone with Luann and Sonia talking about Bethany's the pregnancy rumors and realizing that she's kind of on the outs of this little friendship suddenly <laughs> that Luann and Sonia have and they're like Luann and Sonia are having a full three-way conversation just between the two of them <laughs> and Jill goes usually I'm the one doing all the talking and these two girls are out yenting me <laughs> I love that <laughs> it was so good it is so good Should we go into awards? Let's do it. Ooh, Let's this is tough. do it. Is it? I feel like this is Survivor, the final tribal council. And I'm like, I haven't made my opinion yet. I want to hear what You're everyone like, has Richard to Kelly, say. Richard or Kelly, Richard yeah. or Kelly, Richard or Kelly. Rat or snake, rat or snake, rat or snake. Snake always. Oh my, snake always. <laughs> so I had a hard time picking these. So this is going to be interesting. Who was your MVP of the season? My center apple. I mean, come on. It's got to go to Bethany. Bethany worked this season up, down, around, all like all of it. Was involved in everything. This was Bethany's. This was the the prequel to the spinoff. Like this was (laughs) like they they watched this and they were like, oh, she can carry her. Like it was Bethany. I agree. I agree with that. Who was your people's princess? People's princess. I. It's a honestly, it is a tie between. I hate ties, but it's a tie between Alex and Luann for me. Oh! It is. I think because I really enjoyed seeing the evolution of Alex in the midst of all the craziness. She finally got a little bit of respect from people, and she just seemed happier, I guess, and more comfortable in her own skin. I really enjoyed that. And then also, Luann, um, I loved the delusion, minus the anti-Semitism. I thought she had a great season. (laughs) The fact that that's a sentence that could just come out of your mouth is, this show. This show. (laughs) So I kind of have a tie too. Um, I'm going to make a choice because I'm that bitch. Uh, <laughs> famously, I have been torn between multiple people. Uh, but my people's princess, because it's interesting because we were just talking about how like I kind of pick my personal fave. But this season to me, like I did have a personal fave. So if I'm going with that, I'm going with Alex. Alex just Fair. like, but I think there was also a very clear like of the people, people's princess. And to me, that was Sonia. Oh, so it yes. was really. You're so right. But I think we're feeling Alex though. Yeah. And I love that. For the journey, you know. Who would you say was the villain of Joe, the next question. <laughs> you wouldn't even. Next. I, uh, thank you. Thank you. Comma. Next. next. Yeah, Jill, hands down. Come on. Jill was, I would say, ugh. I guess I'm just letting my dislike cloud it. You're right. It is Jill. I do really want to say Kelly because I feel like she caused so much drama in the group. Uh, But it is Jill. She got caught doing a lot of bad things. If Kelly had been in the mix a little more, maybe. But Jill just is the clear villain for me. Yes, agree. Okay. Allison. Yes. Picture it. You're in the mall food court pissed you are in the mall food court pissed as hell because your sister's getting married this weekend (laughs) and you had to run to the mall and get a freaking bracelet very specific bracelet from Nordstrom's this is a fancy mall of course from Nordstrom's that she just had to have it had to have it she was like you're getting she sent you the link she told you how much it was going to be she said charge it to your card I'm not paying for it so you're at the mall and you're mad and it's the end of the workday also so you had to get there before the store closed (laughs) And suddenly you hear, Miss Falopos. <laughs> and behind you is the PA that had to run to this <laughs> that had to run to the staples while you ran this errand to print off the headshots. They hand them to you. It's a game of hired or tired. Oh 
bitch, that was a good backstory. I did not. It had highs and lows. I was like, did I forget a new segment that we're doing? I literally. <laughs> Hired Thank, or tired. Thanks, BB. Okay, who would you hire for season four? Alex. Hired. hired. Luann. Hired. hired. Bethany. Hired. hired. Sad to see her go. Jill. Hired. Hired. Your, your lip twitched a little you bit and what? I was about to be like, Tired. I take it what? back. I don't know why I said tired. You pressured me with your eyes. I <laughs> I said hired. <laughs> I feel um, like stand ti- in your truth, Jill. Look, I feel stand like. Stand in it, your mouth. That's so truth. true. But I actually don't want to see more of her as a full-time housewife. I would have her actually be part-time. Demoted. Yes. This is the first time we're introducing demoted into the oh, hired or tired segment. That's so right. Wait, okay. Okay. So what would it be? Uh, like, um... Hired, tired, nearly expired. It's, <laughs> That's brutal. It's giving curdled milk. Okay, okay. Hi, hired, tired, um, uninspired. I think uninspired. <laughs> Do you think that, okay, uninspired. So if we think a housewife should be demoted to friend, they are uninspired. I think that works. That's also savage. It is. <laughs> but interesting. Okay, you would demote her to friend us. I would. Um, Ramona. Hired. Hired, as I roll my eyes. Kelly. Tired. Tired. I almost just said fired. <laughs> you do that. Freudian slip. Anytime I deeply dislike housewife, fired. She's like, tired. <laughs> uh, for sure tired. Like, I've I've had my fill of Kelly. Yeah. I had it the minute I saw her. <laughs> but it's okay. Uh, Sonia Morgan. Hired. Hired. Capital H. Hell yes. Y'all, another season in the books. Oh, this was a hefty one. It was hefty. And you know what's next week? We're a Housewives of New Jersey season two. <laughs> And the the fact that oh Real Housewives of Orange County season five happened, and then right on the heels of that was this season, Real Housewives of New York season three, and then after that is Real Housewives of New Jersey season two. What was in the water? Uh, what at was in Bravo? The, oh my god, I want some of that. Now, they need to be drinking that. You're like that. I thought you were gonna be like that sweet nectarine. I was like, what? <laughs> that was just a me thing, apparently. Yeah, no, I I just I can't even imagine being a person to witness that at the time. I. I long for those days. Ugh. And if you'd like to follow us on socials, you can follow us on Instagram at Housewives Theory or on Twitter at HW Theory. And let us know your hot takes because we would love to hear them. Okay, y'all. And, and now, now we've, we've said, said it. it. Bye. See you next week. Bye.